This episode was a blast. I want to thank Gritz for coming on the show and Scott Altenhoff for making some time while he was getting ready for a big tree climb to come and talk to us for a little bit. We got sidetracked quite a bit. It was a lot of fun. We also teased a couple upcoming episodes. Hopefully you guys enjoy. Without further ado, we will take care of some business and then get right into the episode. This podcast is for informational purposes only. It is not, nor is it intended to be, a substitute for professional arboriculture advice and should never be relied upon to perform or direct arboricultural work. The Tree Thinking Podcast makes no representations as to the accuracy, completeness, or suitability of any information on this podcast will not be liable for any damages arising from the use of any information in the practice of arboriculture or tree work. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the guests and their appearance on the podcast does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. The podcast and its hosts are not to be held responsible for misuse, cited, and or unsighted copies of the content within this podcast by others. The Tree Thinking Podcast may not be reproduced or distributed without the express written consent of the Tree Thinking Podcast. What gear do you use most? What can't you work without? How and where do you connect it to your harness? Some cut every pound in an attempt to save energy while they move around the canopy. Others leave no gear behind to make sure they're prepared for anything. You probably land somewhere between carrying a backpack of extra gear and consistently asking someone to send something up. Do you prep your gear the night before for a big job or a big climb? On this episode of the Tree Thinking Podcast, we prepare for anything while shedding extra weight in an attempt to find the perfect balance while getting stoked for our next climb on... Getting ready for your daily ride. All right. <laughs> Damn it. Damn. All right, we're starting over. <laughs> uh, on this episode, we're going to be, well, we're kind of coming from a different, couple different fronts on this episode. One, we wanted to talk a little bit how we set up our gear go over some tips and tricks on how we set up our harnesses and how all that works. And then we also wanted to just kind of get into this stoke you have, you know, the night before you have a big climb coming up and you're going over your gear and you're thinking about that job and you're like, oh man, okay, I'm going to need this climbing system. Maybe I'll need that piece of rigging. So that's kind of where we're going with all this. Before we get too far into it though, let's do some introductions. My name's Andrew. My name's Gritz. I'm Jamie. I'm Corey. Sweet. And so as you can tell, we got someone new on the podcast, Gritz. Welcome. Yeah, good to be here in the, the garage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the garage. This is the Tree Thinking Studio, dude. <laughs> Trademark LLC. Yeah, yeah. And this is where, before a lot of those climbs, a lot of those rec climbs, I'm out here in the garage. I'm going through my gear bag. I get real particular how I set things up. A lot can kind of go into the prep for your job. Part of why we wanted to do this episode also, let me uh, just throw it out there. This will be uh, all climbing episode, the first of a series of the Tree Thinking Climber's Corner. Hey, get in the corner. Yeah, the Climber's Corner. This is the Tree Thinking Climber's Corner. So on these episodes, we're j- it's going to be mainly uh, climber talk. We love the episodes where we talk about all the different parts of the industry, The last episode we recorded, we did bidding stuff. You know, the next episode, I'm really looking forward to throw a little teaser out there. We're hoping to have Craig Bachman on. We wanted, although he's an awesome climber, and I'm sure he has got a bunch of great 
tips and tricks and maybe down the road we'll get him on again to do some of those. I think this time we're going to we're going to go a little big picture and we're going to talk about the direction the industry's going and you know different well we'll save that for next time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that being said, for this episode, we want to go heavy on climbers. We got a bunch of climbers here. We brought all our gear in so we'll be able to really dive into how we set up our harnesses and uh whatnot. <laughs> um and with that before we get too f- into it let's uh let's do some stories from the field what what do you guys got for stories from the field i don't know that i really have any th- this week man i i got a good story for yeah. uh well since we're talking about harnesses and just gear in general um the biggest thing i learned is that one of the main things i learned is that harnesses Although they're not, they're not fruit. They do expire as well. Yeah. And the first time I even learned that you could expire a harness was at a tree climbing competition, and the judge, you know, pulled back the velcro on the tree motion. Yeah, peel that on back. The tree motion. It's all full of. <laughs> it. And there's a tag in there that says, right there, when it was made and when it expires. So that was. Uh, 2019 and my harness had was due to expire that year in 2020 hindsight um and back before normal times um the before times yeah oh before <laughs> times now <laughs> we're in the present um i was i was doing a job early january so my harness had technically expired in quotation marks and i was working in a big pin oak and leaning way over to rig a branch um with the rigging line and uh, I sat back down, and all the pin oak, you know, as we know, are just so strong. Grabs so everything. Small yeah. It grabbed my harness, and it unclicked the harness. Oh, man. So I was, Ugh. you know, 40 feet up on a branch, and just the my waist harness just came undone. Well, probably wouldn't make it to the ground in a pin oak. Fall about six inches. Best tree undone. for it to happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Like uh, acupuncture. Yeah. <laughs> Although, man, I climbed a willow oak this week. You, I thought pin oaks were bad. Oh yeah. That thing ripped me a new one. Whole, <laughs> I was bleeding in multiple spots. It was bad, and it wasn't even that big. It was just getting a couple dead branches out, going thirty feet up, and it worked me over. Well, it was maybe thirty or forty feet tall, but that thing was. Nasty. Oh, yeah. And yeah. don't they have evergreen leaves, too? Don't they hold their leaves or no? Uh, not willow oaks. I think uh, holly oaks Okay, are what you're thinking of. But, yeah, the willow oaks, they're, you know, they have the long, thin yeah. uh, leaves, and they're deciduous just like any other oak. But they look just like a pin oak. Like, I, when we rolled up on that job, I thought it was a pin oak. It was a short one. That's what I thought, too. One. Yeah. Might be my new favorite tree. Yeah, hmm. great yeah. tree tree. <laughs> <laughs> yep, if you like a good challenge, man, find a willow oak. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so you think the buckle is what worn out on your harness? and That or the, you know, it's one of those old uh, Cobra buckles. And I, I remember clicking it with, because it can kind of get stuck on the top or the bottom click. Yeah. And you really want to listen for that double click. Two clicks. Mm-hmm. I remember not hearing the second click, so I re-clicked it that particular climb. And I don't know if it was just because it was expired, retired, but I still went for it and you know, that right after that happened, I went and got a new harness. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually switched from the, that's a tree motion. I switched to the monkey beaver. Yeah. And 
Yeah, Do you like it more? Yeah, I haven't really looked back. Okay. There's a couple okay. subtle nice. things about it that are a little bit better. What do you think? I mean, what I are those the, things? I think the biggest thing that I like about it is the orientation of the buckles. You don't, you can, with the tree motion, you have to put your feet through, you have to put your legs through the stirrups yeah. or the, mm-hmm. the bottom leg straps. Whereas with the monkey beaver, you can just put it on yeah. and then click them around yourself. So they're reversed, which okay. just makes it nice. Yeah. Because you don't really have to, you don't have to awkwardly put your leg through a little hole. You can just put it on like a pair of yeah. pants. I always do like a funky dance when I'm putting my tree motion. On. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like spread my kind legs, and jiggle it up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> like a big awkward pair of trousers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I've always loved the tree motion. I've had one for quite a while now. Mm-hmm. You know, ever since they first were coming out. Well, we shared one for a little while. Yep. Yep. When you were first starting out, right? Yeah, that was sort of my. I went from a old new tribe harness that had just D rings and yeah. barely a bridge. <laughs> yeah, and then started using Andrew's tree motion. I I mean I love it. You know, I, especially when it got the comfortable pad on the back, that was mm-hmm. an awesome upgrade. But I've thought about. I've heard a lot of people talk about the monkey beaver harness, so I'm contemplating getting one. I I haven't looked at when my. Uh, harness retires or uh, expires <laughs> but check that expires. out yeah, yeah. I, I should probably check it out for sure <laughs> probably expired last year it's possible well <laughs> at that same competition they checked my harness and it was still good to go nice but just barely so we're probably right at about that point <laughs> yeah it might be monkey beaver time well it seems like the 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 monkey beaver took quite a few tips and tricks from the tree motion yeah let's yeah. be honest here so is it weight wise how does it compare Pretty pretty similar, I'd say. Okay. I mean, I think the monkey beaver without the added pads is probably lighter. Okay. But the leg pads for the monkey beaver are really nice. Yeah. What about, uh, so you got the Ds. Do you have the the second set of Ds that mm-hmm. connect your legs yep. to your hips? Yeah, and they those allow you to add a second bridge, right? Your, your lower D-rings on your monkey beaver? Yeah, there's multiple holes. They have the... Um, it's like a paw. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The multiple rigging points. Yeah, I thought that was cool. Like the new tree motion is a double bridge, right? Yeah. yeah but yeah. that gave you the option. The monkey beaver does yeah. to set that up. So who's stealing from who now? Oh. <laughs> well, <laughs> on our our old harness back in the day, <laughs> was was that the tree motion that we did the double bridge on? Because I had one, and it was about, I don't know, you might have already had your own harness. But just, ba- yeah. Have but it, I, I, I ran another one. line. I kind of like. Shoved it through uh, where the leg strap goes through. I shoved a little extra bit of <laughs> something through there and ran an extra line through. Andrew Myron also invented the double r- rope bridge. <laughs> I didn't invent it. Oh. No, I I saw somebody else doing it. I, that's what I heard, man. That's what, I, <laughs> yeah, that's what yeah. I'm hearing right now. Yeah, no, no. Where I, did you stick it? You, can I see oh, it? Yeah, 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 yeah. I probably did. The- <laughs> 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 I, I invented that. I also invented skateboarding. Skateboarding, <laughs> sink rope technique. Yeah, where, where'd you shove the other bridge on that? Right in that little green slit. Yeah, I uh, I put a piece of cord right through that area right there. Oh, really? Yeah, just a really small. Yeah. I can't even remember what kind of cord it was. Well, this cordage is still. It might have been something like that. This is like five thousand pound test. Yeah, and it's super super skinny rock climbing cordage. But what so like five millimeter or something like that? Yeah. What what I'd do is I'd oh, use cool. it as a, a second bridge for if I wanted another system. Yeah. 
you know, so I always stayed, kept one system on the, the life support main bridge, but then I had another bridge if I was like redirecting or something. It's something to think about would be how that wears on the webbing. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah. It's not designed to do that. It's not designed to do that. I don't yeah, do it yeah, anymore, yeah. and it's because it. I did it for a long time, years. So it wasn't like something that wore right away, but eventually I started wearing it. And really, I just wasn't using it that often. It's one of those times where you have an idea. You're like, oh, I'm going to set up a second bridge, and that way I can do it. And then you just end up, you know, it was kind of cool because I had two bridges. That way, if, you know, I, one bridge got cut, there would have been a backup. Right. But I just wasn't using it enough so that I wasn't going to figure out how to do it without wearing. Yeah. I mean, you probably could run a strap through there, you know, and, like, have a little loop of strap and then tie a bridge onto that or, you know. Yeah, yeah. I've seen but, webbing before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At this point, though, you just get the one that has the two bridges. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I will say, though, with the uh, with the new uh, Monkey Beaver, the fact that the lower D-ring is um, black colored yeah. makes it really hard to find it. If you're oh. when you have your when you have your system on whatever side I have mine on my left side and I'm trying to find it on my right side. Right. Um, when I first had it, I had a really hard time. So I actually f- got one of those Petzl little s- golden circles gotcha. with the removable. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I put that on there, and it's so easy to find it because nice. it's circular. You can just find it instantly right. instead of like you know it's just a little teeny hole the width of a carabiner to try to click it into. Yeah. Gotcha. yeah. So, so the, that's something I thought, like, the black stuff is cool. Like, I want a black Protos, but I'm also, like, I want people to see me. Yeah. yeah. I wear the yellow Protos, and, and, you know, there's a reason for that. Yeah, so yeah. I, I have a background in firefighting, and, like, uh-huh. all the hotshot crews, they would wear these black helmets, and black is the worst color you can wear in any kind of heat. Like, it just oh, yeah. it absorbs yeah. all of the heat, and you're yeah. just sweltering and sweating, versus, like, some of the, most of the supervisors, if you look at any construction site, all the supervisors have white hard hats on, and you know they're not working, but... Yeah, they yeah. got it figured out. They got it figured out, <laughs> they're yeah. The smart <laughs> they're the smart ones. <laughs> but, hey, it looks cool, so I'm going to wear a yeah, black yeah. hard hat. Yeah, I... A long time ago, I got a Petzl black hard hat. Yeah. I remember just feeling like I'd fade in. I, you, you know, people would be like, oh, I didn't see you down there. Yeah, you man. know, and there's, I wasn't wearing high vis back in the day, just like a green shirt or, you know, a gray shirt or whatever. Yeah. And I was just like, man. And so originally I had bright orange hard hats. And so I I got that uh, that black one because I thought it looked cool. Yeah. And as soon as I was done with it, it was like, nope, back to orange. I mean, you see the hard hat I have now. It's like bright yellow and bright yeah, orange. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. whatever color people are going to see. Yep. Yeah. All right. Yeah, they're yeah. cool. Like the black, the like oh, forest yeah. green protos they have, but it's nah, right. not yeah. for me. <laughs> you, you look like a helicopter pilot with a yeah. visor that comes down. Yeah, totally. and, yeah. You could get some like high vis accents. Though. That's what I thought. You like know, yeah. buy yeah. some tape. And, okay. Yep. You know. uh, yeah, on my protos, I have a white one for the same purpose of reflecting. Yeah. And, uh, but I got uh, the thin, bright red electrical tape. Nice. To just kind of accent the highlights nice. of it. Oh, so nice. it's sort of still some flair. Yeah. yeah. Is anybody rocking those integral glasses on the Protos? No. I thought about it, but I remember seeing something where it, it might interfere with your Senna. The way I have my microphone attached, it might interfere a little okay. bit. It interferes a little bit. I just... You got them. We got them, yeah. Nice. Okay. I've got them. Oh, got nice. Them yeah, they're, they're okay. They yeah. t- they're, I've used them two days, so I'm still getting used to them, but they're... It takes a little getting used to, for sure. Okay. Yeah. For sure. It takes, takes a little getting used to. Flipping down arborist vision with them. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> this branch and this branch. And this branch. Yeah. <laughs> Eric. Decay. I think Eric was the first person I saw that had them. Mm-hmm. 
And I remember just thinking it kind of looked funny how they floated out there a little bit. Yep. And they probably were great. It just, to me, it looked like it would easily kind of be off-center. Oh, or, it, it definitely you know, is, yeah. yeah if, and, if you don't have that helmet, and I, I've only had my Protos for like uh, two months now, and it's definitely, I mean, it's not, I haven't set it right up on my head, so it's definitely like your head, your helmet tilts a little bit, and then it's kind of yeah. skew. Yeah, yeah. Protos helmets are awesome, but my advice is dial them in right off the bat. There, I mean, that's the advantage to them, that there's so much you can do. And you might as well just take the time and do it because mine wasn't comfortable at first, and I was, it was starting to annoy me because I heard so much good stuff about it. Yeah, and I took two seconds to be like, "All right, where's it rubbing? How do I change that?" Okay, but and it was done, and it's been great ever since. Yeah, yeah, I had no idea. I mean, I still I've had one for a couple of years now, and I just learned a few weeks ago that you could set the pressure for yeah, how hard yeah, the yeah, earmuffs yeah. push on your head. Yeah, because you know when you're running a huge log through a chipper. And it just is oh, like, man. like yeah. I would put my fingers and push them into my, um, right. into my ears. And one of my coworkers was like, Hey, just take a flathead screwdriver and give that a turn. Yeah. <laughs> that was the big selling point on a Protos for me. I would wear a cask with the earmuffs that I had put on there, you know? Yeah. And I have this like tiny weird shaped head, I guess. Cause it's just, just like, <laughs> they were nice. beefy, earmuffs. <laughs> 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 like beefy earmuffs, but I would put earplugs on under them oh, yeah. to like oh, run the chipper. Uh-huh. Yeah. Then I put on a Protos and I'm like, Oh yeah, I can't hear shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly what you want. <laughs> yeah. I have noticed that if you don't have the right safety glasses, the helmet, mm-hmm. you get that like sort of pressure point yeah. in your temples and yeah, that's, and that's why I got, why I got ours. My wife and I, run, we run a, a tree care business on the side and she was like the first, we got the helmets and she was you know, complaining about getting a headache and I was getting a headache too with the safety glasses we had. So that's why I got the, the integral ones. Nice. So I was like, yeah, let's try it. I'm curious how they work. Cause you can get prescription lenses put in there. Oh too. yeah. And I, you got LASIK, right? Yeah. And oh, nice. yeah, dude, that's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> I still put contacts in every day. Yeah, me too. It's awful, man. Yeah. 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 LASIK will change your life, man. Just do it. Man, next yeah. episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Laser eye surgery. Yeah. <laughs> a tree thick and bug. In Andrew's garage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Half price. Half price. Laser on yeah. eBay. Yeah. Yeah. Craigslist laser. Yeah. Get eye surgery right. and hear us record a podcast all at the same time. <laughs> I, I did get, um, actually, I'm wearing them, some safety shades from Smith. Oh, nice. They're very nice. Cool, um, like their actual safety shades. Yeah, they're what Z eighty seven plus. Yep. So yep. they can take a, they can take our artillery. Or what's the word here? Ballistic. Artillery. Oh artillery. yeah. Artillery. Wow. Yeah, it can take a twenty two straight to your eye. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I want to do that. But Someone's field testing that on, on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's hard to find. This is a shout out to the industry. Is polarized sunglasses are obviously the best kind of sunglasses but polarized safety shades are very hard to find i mean i found some on amazon that were junk and then my friend just gave me a pro deal for these smith and they've been so much better nice you know those hot summer days where there's just glare yeah yeah put on some polarized and (coughs) the whole world looks better does yeah i like wearing sunglasses i feel blind though i think it's because i just buy cheap ones yeah it's just like dark (laughs) (laughs) where's all my black gear (laughs) (laughs) can't find my bridge connection (laughs) where's my helmet at (laughs) yeah yeah it's something i mean you wear it every day it's something to invest in 
right? I should yeah. look, th- look into those. Yeah. It, 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 you know, you take a little bit better care of them, but once you see how well it, they, you see through them, it just is, it's game changer. Yeah. You'll never yeah. be buying those four ninety nine. Yeah. off the spinny little yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> quick stop. Yep. The rack. Walmart specials. We kind of went off uh, on a tangent from the stories but of the field, but ne- that's we, all right. We oh, never yeah, do, yeah. We never do but that. But we're still talking about, like, your daily ride, what you wear. Yeah, no, no, day, yeah, no, totally, know? totally. Anybody else have any stories, any any stories you can think of? In regards the, to what? Prune the tree for Ninkasi, yeah, and, and they, they gave us a couple <laughs> cases of beer. There you go. <laughs> Sweet. on the podcast today. <laughs> yeah, this podcast was fueled by Ninkasi. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was a cool uh, cedar of Lebanon. We talked about it right when I got over here, but we'll yeah, just, but talk about it again. Talk yeah. about it again, man. Yeah. Save it for the podcast. Uh, You're on the record cool. now. Yeah, cool cedar of Lebanon. It was a like a preservation prune. They're going to be building a a wood patio all around it. So we went up and just mitigated hazards, you know, and wait, get all the dead woods. We actually like really dialed it in, like super tiny dead wood. Bling it out, you know, because yeah, yeah. they do events out there. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, like that's well, a it's it's a new like restaurant thing, right? That area. What's it, the better living room? You guys know what that. I mean, it I've like seen, I've seen opened it, and then coronavirus hit. So okay, I like, uh, you know. Oh yeah, coronavirus. Yeah, that a queue for a coronavirus. Yeah. There, there's the coronavirus. Yeah, but I think it's uh, a restaurant in that area so that's going to be like the new a, a dining area or whatever gotcha. so wood patio over the root zone of this tree which is cool yeah uh, protected from compaction and whatnot i guess the cool part about that tree was uh becca who's on the podcast all the time she's a pretty new climber and we got to do like in tree training right away like the first first cut was a big piece of deadwood so i got to show her how to tie it up nice you know we took it in a couple pieces to show her like different cuts different methods and stuff and she like Dude, she gets it so quick. Oh man, yeah, yeah. she's doing great. Yeah. yeah, no, she's she's got a bright future. Yeah, in the industry, it's always awesome. I was watching a video of you guys. Uh, either you or Becca put it on Instagram, and I, it was just one of those times where you're watching your buddies in a tree. Like, ah, oh, I wish I was in that tree. <laughs> that looked <laughs> yeah. like a lot of fun. Yeah, that and the the picture you texted to all of us of like just the back CD, your rig full of beer that they gave you after the job. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was pretty sweet too. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. That was a cool hookup. When uh, Nate, the owner of the company I work for, bid it, they gave him beer <laughs> just from coming over and doing this. Like, here's a case of beer. Nice. Yeah. You did such a good job. Yeah. That was yeah. Job. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, a, that's an iconic tree for down in that party. Yeah. Scene for sure. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't think other than that awesome willow oak that, you know, I was talking about earlier. I don't, that was really the only thing to, yeah, there was nothing of, we climbed a bunch of pin oaks later in the week, but you know, pin oaks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess with that, we'll kind of get into the discussion a little bit. You know, we talked about how it was going to be kind of coming from a couple different angles the angle of how we set up the harness and the angle of just the stoke of getting set up the day before the job what what do you guys think where do you want to go with this well, no i usually like, i try to have my kit like ready to go for any any job you know yeah yeah like i know you do like the weekend work so you're gonna have that like it, it's different for you right yeah so for me be, so uh at my nine to five 
I've got they provide all the gear and it's their gear. I mean, I'm the only one that uses it there. That being said, it stays at, at the job. And so when I do weekend work, I got my gear for that. And because I only use that gear on the weekends, I keep I like store it meticulously ready to go, you know. Yeah. Uh unless I've just used it, but even when I've just used it, I I so what I do is I've got it set up kind of with the idea of the workflow. In the top of the bag, I have my throw ball. Yeah. Because that's the first when I when I pull my bag out and I've I've one of those uh oh god, what's uh, Teufel burger? Yeah, one of those Teufel oh, burger. Rope, can I get rope a bucket? With that? Rope <laughs> bucket, yeah. Rope bucket, yeah. And it's the the large size. So there's enough room for me to put my rope on top of it. So and, lot, your, and your two kids. Yeah, and my two kids, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Kids, a station wagon. Yes, everything I need, I can shove it all in there. So I'll have my rope. I'll pull my rope out. I got my throw ball under it so that I'm ready to go. I got my rope and my throw ball. Hit my shot and then, uh, you know, pull my rope in. And then the next thing I pull out, I got my harness. You know, so I usually have the gear that I had from the last time I was climbing on my harness. You know, I either got my uh, rope wrench set up or I got my rope runner set up or whatever I was climbing on. And then underneath that, I've got my captain's hook, and then I got two Buckingham bags, one that has rigging straps and rigging gear, and then one that has climbing gear. And so I always try to separate those two, and so that's how I organize it all the time. So I always know where everything is. And, you know, so most times I climb, I set my line, get my harness on, I got my gear, you know, uh, whatever I'm going to climb on, set my climbing system up, and then I got all my extra stuff. So uh, my wife who works the ground, I can just be like, hey, Lacey, you know, get into this bag, grab that. You know, it's all right there and easy to access. So that's how I have it set up, ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I have a big job and, it, you know, I use a little bit of everything and it's all out of order, that's when I get, you know, but the night before a job or, you know, night after I get back, I'll sit there and I'll put it away. Yeah. A lot of time it's before the job so I can kind of think about, all right, on this job, you know, uh, it's it's the side work so i did i bid the job i've already got it planned out how i'm gonna do it so it'll be like all right i'm gonna need this this bit of gear that bit of gear and i'll get it all pretty set up and ready to go man i'm getting excited oh yeah Yeah. i i get super stoked on this i nerd out hard (laughs) i I get a kick out of uh you know taking a like a i have an old delta link that's basically just rusted shut at this point, yeah. uh, you'd need a full-on crescent wrench to undo it. <laughs> yeah. But I have it in my my box of, of gear just to rack on carabiners. Okay, it's nice. A bi- it's a nice. big it's a big surface area. Yeah, and it, you can't the gates don't get jammed up on it unless oh. you have like fifteen carabiners on it or something crazy. Yeah, but just yeah. getting all the carabiners dialed in. If there's a little bit of sticky pitch in there, or there's yep. sawdust in there, using the air compressor and just blasting it out. Or yeah adding a little oil to it and just that that fluidity of opening and closing a fresh carabiner is oh yeah if you know you know oh yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. definitely sitting there like click click oh yeah the action yeah. on this one is good oh, yeah. click <laughs> click I'll, I'll, I'll go into uh sporting goods stores that sell carabiners and just sit there feel and click the it. Just, yeah it's like <laughs> my favorite noise there, is the click of a carabiner oh, you know God. they're behind the shelf and i'll be like hey can i come back there just feel some carabiners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, sure, if you want. I don't just buy any carabiner, yeah. okay? I want to make sure they're good. Yeah. Sure they're yeah, I probably go through my gear. It's probably once every like two weeks. 
like every second Sunday or something is when I'll bring it all inside, pull it all out because I'll, I'll organize it all and do like a gear inspection, clean stuff up. And then it's all nice and organized. It's in its spot. And then like the two, I'm at the back end of these two weeks right now. So everything is just scattered, just dumped into the bottom <laughs> of my gear bag right yeah, now. It's kind of a mess. Yeah. yeah. It's we funny, but I get a little excited when I know I'm like, Oh yeah, man, I'm going to have a, it's going to be fun. I'm going to have to go through everything. And, you know, you get all the carabiners on your zipline yeah. straps again. And, mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Everything's dialed in. Uh, yeah. Next Monday is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you know where everything is. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you got to do the full dump out of the gear. Yeah. Back. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah. You know, flip it over and just all over a yeah. clean surface. Oh, just a hard reset. that's the best way to do it is dump it all out. Empty the bags out so you get all the sawdust and little chunks Lichen. of leaves and lichen out yeah. of all the bags. Yeah. That's where it's at. You know, right now, Scott Altenhoff is doing that, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. He's got a big climb in the Redwoods. Or I think he's got like a week in the Redwoods or something, doesn't he? Yeah, it usually takes a week down there every what's year. What's he doing? Are they guiding? or is he, what, Do you Let, know the project? Let's find out. Let's give him a call. Okay. Yeah. Oh, nice. The legend. Oh, man. Man, the myth legend. Yeah. He's, he's too busy getting all yeah, the gear ready. He's super stoked, he's, all nerdy. He's nerd staring at a carabiner right now. Like, <laughs> he's all click, I, I can't click. T- I can't take this call right now. <laughs> <I'm> too busy. <laughs> Hello, you've reached the voicemail for Scott's cell phone. Oh, oh man! And he said he was going to keep his phone near him. Oh man! That's all right. Well, he'll either call back or we'll call him again in a little bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Right on. Well, so you climb on a tree motion, Andrew. Yep. Climb on the monkey beaver now. Yep. I climb on the tree motion. And I've got the Petzl Sequoia. The you have a tree motion too. Right? I do have a. So I have um, the first, not the first saddle. The saddle before this one was the uh, tree motion S light. Okay. So it was the, the lighter version. I I think I like the original version, the, the like snap buckle a little bit better, but the S light was cheaper at the time and it was, you know, yeah. it was what it was. But there are some things I like about the S light. Like I like the the fact that it doesn't have leg buckles on it. It just has cinch straps there and then it has a cinch strap for the um for the waist as well, which oh, I don't okay. I don't like the fact that it has a cinch strap for the waist. But then my, my daily ride is the Petzl Sequoia and then at the city I have the tree I have your old tree motion okay, as nice. a matter of fact. Yeah. Um I have the two thousand eighteen version. The four I got this right before they released the new one and I'm the not, Sequoia. The Sequoia. And I'm not I'm not a huge fan of it. To be honest, it uh, it doesn't have the the D rings like the the um, new tri or the sorry the tree motion does. Uh, it's actually integrated in as part of the. Uh, well, here I'll just show it on the yeah. on the video for the folks at home. So, the bridge here attaches directly to oh, gotcha. this guy. So you have to clip into that, and you're always fighting with your bridge. Mm-hmm. I should just attach. Maybe something separate, but it wouldn't. I don't think it would really change anything because it's still oh on your lower on D's. on your okay. lower D's, yeah. And I, I use my lower D's. I pretty much exclusively attach my lanyard to my lower D's yeah. unless I'm like chunking down big wood or on a spar. That's not great, but I know on the new version that they changed that, and then obviously on the tree motion, it's always been kind of separate from that. Okay, and the the bridge actually ties into it, but that's one one complaint I have about this saddle. Other than that, I do I do really like the leg snaps. They kind of have this, if I can find the other buckle on here. I like the leg snaps because they have that, and then it's it's a double 
it's a double oh, snap yeah. on it. So it's not it's not the buckles like the, right. the Cobras on the Tree Motion. I do like these snaps a lot more than the Tree Motion. Seems like that you can actually see yeah. Yeah. that it's engaged. You can too. see yep. it's engaged. It's really hard to screw up. They're made of plastic, so yeah, don't feel great about yeah, that. I was going to ask you that. Have you had any issue with that? or No. Zero. No. I mean, this is I've had this for four years, three years now, something like that. Um, and I haven't, I've had zero issues with it. It's not my day. It's not like I do it for weekend work, so it's not every single day, but yeah, zero issues. Cat with that. rescues and stuff. Cat rescues. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, mainly. Saving little old grannies and stuff like that. It doesn't. <laughs> grannies in the trees. <laughs> grannies in yeah. the trees. I don't know how they get up there, but you know, I just got to keep saving them. Um, and then this doesn't have the snap waist, which I, I do hate quite a bit. So it's just a cinch? It's just a cinch. Okay. Um, and that's not the SRT. This is the SRT. It's, it's got the SRT, SRT okay. attachment right okay. there. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't like that. I like the, I like the tree motion with the snap. So that's like a rated, yeah. This, sh- this should be a rated tie-in, as okay. far as I know. I mean, it's attached it to should be. You know, your bridge. It yeah. should be. Should I'm be. sure it well, is. I hope. Well, it is. I've rigged off it before. So <laughs> <laughs> that's that's that'd be so funny. That image. I put a pulley right there. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you just you can just clip uh, a porter wrap directly to that. Yeah, the pinions, yeah. The porter wrap. You're good. You're good to go. Yeah. Yeah. So is, uh, does that one come with the uh, chest harness or the the shoulder straps already on it? So it has. You can buy like Petzl's shoulder straps. I am cheap, and I went the route of a trango. It's oh, a nice. big rock or a big wall or something like that. I don't know. It, it's some kind of rock climbing piece of kit. Yeah. I like it because it has all these like straps and loops and it's mm-hmm. got doohickeys and dongles everywhere. Nice. But I just connected it to the harness with a couple small quick links. Yep. And then in the back, it's got the SRT attachment and I just tied off a, a webbing bridge there. And that's really, I, I think it's pretty slick. I really like the, the front attachment on it. Versus, um, like the Petzl's normal one, it's got that like central attachment right there. Mm-hmm. So it's really centralized. Really, um, what do you have there? A mini little swivel gate there? Uh, it's the uh, accessory carabiner nice. from is... DMM. It's got oh a little, man, like, for a carabiner nerd, oh, it's got a that's cat uh, on it too. It's got a cat. <laughs> oh my goodness! Wow, yeah. Oh yeah, get that on the mic. Yeah. <laughs> is, is that like an eighty dollar mini carabiner? Yeah, what is that rated to? Is it uh, like twenty three k? Seventy three ninety nine, actually. Um, <laughs> no, it's it's only rated at like eight kilo. No, four kilonewton. Four kilonewton. I mean, but yeah, no, it's that's still lightweight rigging. rigging. But it, yeah, lightweight. Rigging. If you, you, you could, use you could like take a thirty foot top on, yeah, it. yeah I've yeah. done yeah. it before. <laughs> and if you use off like five bridge, or six of them next to each other, you can climb off of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're well, good to go. Yeah, yeah, you just gotta compound them. You know, just kind of stack them on there. This is a joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah don't really <laughs> do that. Don't, don't do this at all. Yeah. yeah, no, this is this is this is money. Yeah, that's cool. sweet. They're like twenty four bucks a pop, which is like the no- price of a normal carabiner that you can actually use for other stuff too. But you know, I mean, AKN is still pretty strong. Just don't bounce on it. Yeah, just don't yeah. bounce on it. You'll, you'll be fine. Don't chocolate it. You'll be all right. Yeah. yeah. Have any of you guys seen the Weaver Denali? Yeah. Yeah. I've I've seen posts online where people were talking about how they liked it. Pull pull that one up over there. What's it look like? I haven't seen that one. It looks ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, it does. So I, I, and it looks uncomfortable to me. Yeah. So it looks like they made a harness out of leather boots. Yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I climbed on my first saddle was the um, Buckingham Master, I believe it is, um, and it's it's like a custom order one. You have to 
yeah, it's it used to be like the top of the line, and then you know Tree Motion came out and replaced it. And then my one at the city was also a Buckingham. It was the Ergovation, and this one really reminds me of the Ergovation, and I hated the Ergovation for yeah. the second. Okay, I put it on. <laughs> that thing was. It, it was just antiquated technology compared to a tree motion or a sequoia. Yeah. To me, it looks uncomfortable, but I mean, we're all different and like bodies and everything. Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> nice. Mr. Altenhoff. There's Mr. Altenhoff. Scotty the body. <laughs> hey, Scott. How's it going? Sorry, I missed your call. I uh, went to get pizza and forgot my phone. Oh, no worries. No worries. You called us back. So you're getting ready for a trip. Yeah, going to be heading down to uh, do some canopy tours with uh, friend Tim Kovar in the Redwoods of Santa Cruz. Nice. Awesome. Oh, man, we need to get t- Tim on. Well, while you're down there hanging out with Tim, tell him he, that we want him to come on our, our little show here and talk about his adventures. I'm sure he'd love to do that. All right. How long are you going to be down there? Uh, about three weeks. Three weeks. Oh, wow. Perfect. How much climbing is in that three weeks? Uh, pretty steady. I think, uh, we have a couple days off, but, uh, trying to space things out so that we don't have too many folks and too much yeah. possibility for COVID transmission. But, uh, generally it is a group in the morning and a group in the afternoon. And those groups generally consist of four folks. So we have two guides. It's a monster of a tree. So at the base, you can't even, you basically see the person next to you but that's it and then of course as we climb up to about 200 and some feet then <clears throat> the crown papers and you start seeing folks but we'll we'll try and keep distance and uh, masks on and social distance tree climbing yeah how about that <laughs> it, it's a good open air activity yeah indeed so yeah. how how many uh, how many lines do you have set or planning to set in this huge, huge redwood? So there are six individual climbing lines. So um, one guide with a person on either side, and the guides are uh, at 12 o'clock and 6 o'clock, and then folks spread out and try and route it so folks don't have to dodge too many limbs and have a pleasant experience and good vistas. Yeah. Is the tree rigged up, or is that, you know, Part of what you'll be doing yeah. as soon as you get down. Yeah, that'll be the first couple of days of what yeah. we're doing. And um, now that we've done it uh, quite a bit, it goes fairly quickly, but uh, it can still be involved. Do you guys use crossbow? I can't remember. Well, um, there is a line that is up there oh, to okay. minimize impact on the tree okay. uh, on a pulley up a throw line. And then we um, use that for the initial access and then set the other line so we've been talking about our our harnesses and just what we do to set up for climbs um talk us through what you would do on a 200 foot giant redwood (laughs) yeah what what do you up there what do you do what kind of gear do you need for that job (laughs) so that is uh um single rope of course Uh, as you might imagine, and because we're taking novices, folks who have not climbed ever before, we're using the tried-and-true Texas style of ascension, so top ascender and uh, lower ascender with foot straps, and 
that's... those folks utilize new tribe harnesses because they're nice and comfy and pretty basic and they accommodate a broad range of sizes. That's a great so, setup for people just starting out to be able to, uh, you know, just be able to sit back, lift one, stand up, lift another over and over. Yeah, it's not the most efficient way, as we all know, but it is the easiest to take someone from ground zero and, and get them moving. And to be honest, it if you make it too easy, uh, which I have done in the past, um, with more efficient systems, it's not as challenging and rewarding ultimately for those folks. Oh. So there is something to be said for having to work for the reward. So, and it, it just maximizes it when, when they can run up the tree, um, with a rope walker system, it, it's too easy. And that's ultimately counterproductive. They, they tend to take it for granted and then, on successive climbs, <laughs> well, <laughs> they don't achieve the same efficiency. And, and I'd imagine it. with the rope walker system, you're focusing so much on the action of trying to coordinate your step and you're, you know, jugging up the rope that you're focusing on the climb. And on those big tree climbs, you almost want it to be so easy that they're not thinking about the climb, but they're checking out the tree and absorbing the environment around them. Precisely. That is what we're striving for is to make the, the equipment as invisible as possible and that does we don't want that to be the focus uh, as you've mentioned it the focus should be upon the tree and the, the natural history and the ecology and biology of what's going on and their own um, their own feelings and perception of that so uh, that's well stated Oh, that it's so great. I love getting people up in a tree for the first time because, oh, yeah. you know, it's it's cla it's kind of like parenting when you see kids doing your kids doing something for the first time, you kind of vicariously are living through them, experiencing it for the yeah. first time. And it's the same thing taking a tree climber up in a big tree for the first time. You just get to you get a little more stoked watching them be all stoked. <laughs> it's true. I to be honest, I didn't think um, I thought I would become bored or that it would get old doing the same climb as many times as I've done it, but because of the interpersonal and each time is different, the person is different. Um, the, the condition, the weather conditions are different. I see something and experience something completely different every single climb. And there is, uh, something to be said for that. I have a friend, um, on a related note, who's a painter down in Northern California and he did a year-long exercise where he went to the same spot by a lake and he painted the same scene every day for a year. And he thought it would be drudgery, but he knew it would be helpful in, in certain ways. And he said he grew to love it and he saw something completely different every day and he said it was one of the most rewarding experiences of his life. And um, that's how I feel with this climbing. It's, it never gets old. Wow, that is pretty cool. But uh, I, I think I distracted you going off on that tangent a little bit. I kind of want to hear uh, about what you gear. you keep me on a focus of gear? Yeah, so, what, um, what gear were, were, are you packing for this climb? So um, as you probably know, um, I've been climbing in a Petzl uh, Sequoia SRT for years, and it's just become easy. And uh, what I've um, gained familiarity with, I'm comfortable with it and I, I do look forward to trying I to be honest I haven't experimented 
as much as I would have thought uh, I would. But uh, I've been climbing for what, since 92, so it's been a while, and I guess I'm getting, to a certain extent, set in my ways. But uh, that said, here's my pledge. I'm going to start, um, after this year, breaking out, and there's been so much innovation in the, the climbing gear scene. I, I definitely wanted to try a uh, handful of harnesses. I'm definitely going to be in the market in the next couple of years to revamp everything and want to start from scratch. So I'm going to really keep a beginner's mind and, and open perspective on everything. That said, uh, I'm currently using the Sequoia SRT and uh, Petzl Top Ascender. And one thing that's unique about my setup is um, I don't have that top ascender set to my bridge or a low point. It's set to the the ring on my chest, and I find that provides a really nice geometry to the to the setup. And then for the bottom ascender, uh, or uh, have the the crawl on the SRT, uh, the chest um, ascender. So my top ascender is tied to the ring uh, above the crawl, and that goes to my top center, then the chest ascender, uh, the crawl is next, and then a foot ascender. Uh, that's my typical climbing setup, but as mentioned with these beginning climbers, we use the Texas uh, style, and just to keep, so that I can demonstrate good technique and show that I'm, I'm doing it alongside them, I use that same setup. Yeah. And then for rappelling, we, uh, because they're novices, we prefer using the Petzl uh, ID S because I want to be prepared to do an aerial rescue if needed uh, like that, as opposed to some of the other repel devices, which are more user-friendly for an experienced climber, but not rated for two people necessarily in the same way. Yeah, and I like the ID cause for newbies because if you just yard on it, if you get that panic pull... <laughs> It'll disengage yeah. where, you know, you right. get the rig or one of those other ones. It just, you're on for the ride. Yep. Yeah, it can go pretty fast. Yeah. yeah maybe you can uh, take a minute and explain to us what, what you do if a novice climber maybe has a panic attack at, say, 190 feet up. Um, yeah. What do you do that for that person? Um, one person, I... I it caught me by surprise because she was doing so well on the way up and just kind of overcompensating. And then at one point um, I spun her around and I said, Oh, you got to check out this perspective. And she was, she was so ostensibly comfortable. And I said, here, I'm going to uh, spin you around. And when her back was to the tree and she just looked down, she just started hyperventilating. Oh my God, I, I need to get down. I need to get down. And, um, what <laughs> um, I apologized and, had her focus on the tree and so I spun her around and what I'll generally do is have them focus on breathing and just say okay um, this is a natural and appropriate feeling you're in a tree you're out of your element and it's your body's way of saying uh, you need to slow down and, and be careful so I get them focusing on breathing and focusing on um, minute details of the equipment or the tree uh, talking about natural history is a great thing to do. They'll often bounce right out of it and then set little mini goals, whether it's going up or going down, to say, okay, we're going to go step by step, uh, nice and easy, 
talk them through and, and show them and definitely know I'm right uh, alongside them. If they're really having a hard time, I have a pickoff strap that I can uh, reach over and just connect to them and just talk them through and just say, uh, there's no way that anything can happen now we're, we're connected. And, but it um, surprisingly doesn't happen that, that often. Um, usually it's very short lived that that happens. And if you can get folks focused on breathing, they're generally pretty good. I've, I've noticed, and tell me if you've noticed something similar, that usually you get those freakouts at like 20, 30 feet off the ground. Yeah, that's a you know, good point. And, they get it out of the way early. And then once they've kind of overcome it enough to get up to that, those higher heights, I don't know if it's they've figured out how to work through their fear or they're just kind of got it out of their system or what it is, but uh, it seems like... Yeah, almost uh, adrenaline fatigue, right? Uh, they just kind of have gotten used to the yeah. living with that uh, surplus of adrenaline and it's kind of like, oh, all right, um, no different than it was 30 feet. Uh, anything above 30 feet is high and... Uh, and the tree starts getting more interesting, and they they realize, okay, this big rope is is gonna hold me, and the gear is safe for it. Yep, yep. Oh man, that's gonna be so much fun! Three weeks climbing big redwoods, man. That's uh, that's just a dream trip. And you get to you do this every year. Yeah, I've been doing it for the last four or five years. Nice. Lost track now. And during a full season, this year's season, we'll try and limit uh folks but uh, one year i think we did uh, 100 folks over the full multi-week period and i thought it was gonna be like production work but it really wasn't we're able to really get a a good connection with folks and um, it's just it's great and sets me up for the year puts me in the right headspace to come back to this city and stay focused on what's important. Oh yeah, that is awesome. awesome. Did yeah. you, uh, do you all put up any, uh, uh, tree boats up there or any portal edges for hangouts? We do. And snacks? Yeah. Do you sleep in uh, the trees? Don't have, uh, we do. Nice. I uh, don't have much of an opportunity to do that when the, the clients are in the trees, but, uh, we generally finish the afternoon climb by four o'clock. So there's plenty of light and often do sunset climbs and, overnight uh camp outs and such nice that's when the real party begins any uh, yeah, any, no, any notable uh any notable wildlife that you've seen up in the canopy uh like birds flying below you or things coming to check yeah, you all so, out so um let's see we've seen uh peregrine falcon and uh hawks of various sorts we've seen um my friend was climbing up um so it's a private stand of old growth and he owns it. And my friend was climbing up and uh, came a, in a hollow. Uh, he's climbing dawn, at dawn. And I'm. Um, he said he came upon a collection of nut hatchets. I, I didn't know that they kind of huddled together, but he said there were eight or ten of them that uh, he got up to the spot and then they kind of... Uh, Kind of spooked them a little bit, and they they flew off. But they were huddled in a a big hollow, uh, an old lightning strike. Interesting. Um, I've I've heard of uh, I've heard of wrens doing that, but I've never heard of nuthatches doing that. Yeah, I hadn't either. 
and uh, birds of all all types, and uh, what else? Bats for sure. Um, you you ever see a salamander up at the top of one of those trees? This area is pretty uh, far south, so unlike the northern range of redwoods, it um, it's pretty dry. It's pretty hot during the summertime, so. Um, uh, salamanders um, they may be in some of the wetter spots but I've never seen them and wouldn't surprise me if they're not uh, but as you get up to the northern range of the redwoods then you get the thick fern and moss mats and uh, year-round spongy wet uh, canopy soils and which would be prime habitat for the salamanders and the uh, copepods which are freshwater shrimp and cool critters like that Freshwater shrimp up in the trees? Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> the copepods, uh, they're kind of microscopic, really like small. Sea monkeys. <laughs> yeah, they're sea monkeys, exactly. <laughs> tree monkeys. Tree, yeah. uh, tree sea monkeys. Tree sea monkeys. <laughs> and then, of course, the uh, tree octopus is a perennial favorite. So. <laughs> Do you have any uh, tree giant squid that you find up there? Um, uh, I've heard, heard of them, but uh, I've tail. not seen them. Like a Loch Ness monster, nobody's really seen. <laughs> I've, I've, I've seen the ink. Uh, ah. Yeah, but, uh, but you know they're there. Oh, <laughs> the problem is all the videos are just so grainy. You know, you yes, can't exactly. nail them down. <laughs> oh man, that is that is great. So, are you all packed up? Are you ready to go? Not by a long shot. Uh, <laughs> started. You know how that goes. I totally do. We were talking about uh, earlier how some of the. Some of the best, I don't know, the best times of a tree climber experience, but one of the favorite times of a tree climber experience is that when you're packing your gear before a big project or before a big climb and you just, that stoke builds and, you know, you just start thinking about the climb. It's kind of, it's kind of like the night before Christmas, you know? Yeah, exactly. And kind of, oh, I forgot to get that. Oh, oh. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's always like. Should I bring the captain hook? I don't know what I'm going to use it for, but I'm definitely bringing the captain hook. <laughs> but that's my problem. I, I want to bring everything and uh, kind of like, okay, you'll, you'll never use it. You don't need it. You didn't use it for the last three times. But what if I do need it? Uh-huh. Yeah. Right on, man. Well, we'll let you get going because I know you got a lot of packing to do and you got three weeks in the Redwoods. All of us are very jealous. Yeah, yeah, so jealous. <laughs> yeah I look forward to getting you all... Uh, Cavorting in a uh, old growth redwood. There's nothing like it. So thanks for what you do. Can't wait to uh, hear what you guys chatting about. Uh, really enjoy it. So keep up the great work and be well. Awesome. Thank you. Well, what what I'll do is I'm going to uh, send you with, with some homework, Scott. Figure out where we're going to do our tree thinking redwood climb in Northern California. Yeah. You find the tree and we're there. <laughs> yeah. Well, well I think we tree. should at least discuss it on the Oregon coast first. We can practice. Um, I think our thought processes will be a little clearer for pinning down the Redwood location if we're up uh, from Sitka Spruce. I like it. Uh, yeah. I like it. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds great. The platform you got in Yahats, I'm thinking we might have to do an episode of Tree Thinking from that platform. Or up on, uh, at the top of the 230-foot Old Growth Spruce that yeah. has the line in it and the 360-degree view from the top. Sold. See how many we can <laughs> get okay. into. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right on, man. Well, uh, thank you so much for coming on, and have a great trip. We'll talk to you later, man. 
Enjoy your pizza. Right, thank, uh, sorry for the dog squeaky toy in the background. <laughs> oh, no worries. <laughs> See you, right, Scott. Take care. But, man, that guy is from one adventure know, to the next. Man. Yeah, I wish I was going down there. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, we'll do it. He's not joking. He, he'll he set up climbs, so I look forward to that. Yeah. Yeah, Sitka Spruce. It's a underrated tree, really. Oh, yeah. Oh, big time. Yeah. I, I, st- I would love to go climb a... Not the tallest one, not the biggest one, but a Sika spruce on the coast in a in a big storm. In a oh, big storm, yeah. oh man! Ooh. Just you yeah. know, one that you're one that you assessed before a storm, just to know it's solid. Yeah, that's not on a big ridge, but just that would take a pounding. Yeah, there. <laughs> that excitement. You know, just, just, just be like Lieutenant Dan from Forrest Gump <laughs> up there. Yeah. Call this a storm. <laughs> <laughs> just, they're so flexible and move around. It would yeah. just be. It would be awesome. And It'd just be like just yeah. to see it, like just to see the storm rolling in. Oh man! Oh, yeah. man. Oh. Like I Scott mean, was saying, he's got a cool spot. You know, rigged up and ready to go. Yeah, some, yeah. Some big sick because. Be awesome. What was that one like? Two thirty. That's what he said, right? Two hundred thirty. The two thirty, but there was the one up on the ridge that we found. That one was taller, or maybe it was just higher on the ridge. Maybe so. as wow. tall, but it's higher up. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's a great spot. We should. We definitely got to make that happen. Tree yeah. thinking party. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. For sure. There'd yeah. be some background noise, but. Yeah. 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 Part of the ambiance. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, I really appreciated him, um, you know, sharing some stories of the canopy and taking people tree climbing on big climbs. Um, that's something I've done in the past, too, and it's just so rewarding. Actually, a program that Scott started in addition to Teresa um, was the Canopy Connections program uh-huh. uh, through the University of Oregon that I participated in um, as a student at the University of Oregon. He was one of the people that started that whole program up at the H.J. Andrews Experimental Forest and mm-hmm. just sharing the experience of taking middle schoolers tree climbing. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, man. Yeah. There's a tree up there that luckily didn't – the Andrews didn't burn at all in the fires last summer, luckily, because mm-hmm. that's an unbelievable stand of old-growth forest. Yeah, I, when I when I was working with the Pacific Tree Climbing Institute with Rob, who I know you all have right. been on here with, and uh, but we took – several thousand kids tree climbing over the course of years yeah and just the experience of putting a kid in middle school who's already awkward yeah and (laughs) you get a dynamic of we tried to keep the kids um in groups of eight or less if it was possible right but you'd get the kid who's you know popular or Uh whatever the the ringleader and then you'd get the shy person that was just not really comfortable and but once you get on ropes, the whole scene changes completely. Yeah, yep. And just you learn so much about yourself and just the people you're with when you get on rope and everything changes. And it's just so cool to be able to see that and share that with people who mm-hmm. have never experienced that before. I appreciated talking to him and hearing his stories. That's pretty I cool. Gotcha. Kids around here get that opportunity, you know? Yeah. Or is that, I mean, I'm sure there's still climbs that kids can go on around here. I know Kovar, he does a bunch of, I, I actually did some work before before the pandemic. We were we did some work for him at Staten High School, I believe it was. I went up and I did some like deadwooding and stuff, but he, he took some of the, the kids there at the, no, it wasn't Staten, it was uh, Turner, Turner High School, uh, Cascade High School. He took some kids up to the top of a of a old growth uh, big leaf maple in the backyard. Gorgeous. Oh, that's cool. it, was a, it was a gorgeous yeah. tree, but yeah. 
Um, you want well, and just hey, you know, matter. when you're when you're growing up and when you're a kid, especially in that age range, there's defining moments that really hold on to the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're 10, 11, 12, 13 years old, and you climb an old growth tree, you're definitely going to remember oh, that. Yeah. the experience. I, I've I've been around. I've been walking around town before, and people have been like, "Hey, grits, man, you took me tree climbing one time, and it was the <laughs> best thing I ever did." That's and cool. I I kind of feel bad because I don't necessarily remember that exact moment in time for them, but I can share that experience with them and really admire that. You know, that was a defining moment because I remember the first time I climbed an old growth tree, I was in the same shoes. Like, yeah, this is the coolest thing ever. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And it opened up a whole new world. Well, it was the same program, right? Yeah. I was, I was sharing that earlier is that the, the program that Scott started was a program is how the avenue that I got into tree care. Yeah. So do you, do you remember the first old growth tree that you climbed the first time where it just like, you know, you got over 100, 150, 200 feet, whatever, and it just blew your mind. Yeah, it's the same tree that um, we had taken so many middle schoolers climbing. I was uh, I was the facilitator on this the Canopy Connections program, and um, we did it as a sort of pilot climb before we had any of the middle schoolers on. Um, and just, you know, the, your whole world gets turned upside down because I had never really climbed a tree yeah. Other than just free climbing smaller trees, um, but and then being able to climb ropes up to the top of an old growth canopy is just totally un- unlike anything you've ever done. Yeah, that was up at H.J. Andrews. Yep. Yeah. The yeah. Andrews. The infamous Andrews where there's uh, quite a bit of trees that have been rigged. There's a lot of them that are over 250 feet tall. One of them, you know, that... Your firstborn, Malia. Yeah, Malia. We uh, talked about that on the nice, yeah. on the wildlife episode. Oh, that's aw- that's yeah. an epic tree. I mean, it looks it looks more like a rocket ship than a tree because huh. the first limb is like two hundred feet off the ground. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the day we climbed it was the day that Rob met his now wife Sarah, and the day that you or that Lacey gave birth to. Yeah, the day Malia. I became a dad. Yeah, so. Yeah. Pretty epic tree, and it's got to be over 300 feet tall now because I think when we climbed it, it was 299 feet and, like, five inches or something. Yeah. It was just barely, barely yeah. tall. Huh. That's barely another tree-thinking trip. Yeah, only yeah. one way to figure out if it's yeah. 300. we got to take we gotta, a tape gotta, measure up there. Yeah. yeah, take the tape measure and reset those straps up there because they're probably getting a little tight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a matter of fact, what we should do, is after, you know, we need to put some dates on the calendar this summer. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, plan out, you know, whether, because we got four or five trips that we want to do by now. Yeah. So we need to, maybe we just say like the last weekend of every month we go, <laughs> we go on, a big tree. go yeah. climb a big Different tree. Yeah. Hey. We should, yeah. we should try to figure something like yeah. that out. That's cool. I'm well, down. The, the other, the other big tree that's not recognized so much is the Ponderosa pine. Oh. I think. Yeah. Oh Going over yeah. To Eastern Oregon and. <sighs> Climbing a huge pondo would be so sweet. Oh, and you go up a big pondo, and it it's an experience, it man. Is. Those trees are no joke. Yeah, they're huge. They, yeah. You talk about reiterate like they just they have such cool. Ca- Ponderosa pines are one of my all time favorite trees ever. Nice. Oh yeah. There's just so many reiterations. Like Doug firs are cool. Don't get me wrong. Doug like old growth Doug firs, old growth Sitka spruce. They're so cool. But there's just something about the reiterations of a Ponderosa pine, an old growth Ponderosa pine that are just 
That was cool. Yeah, the yeah. first old growth I climbed was a pondo down in southern Oregon, and it had just a little bit of a lean to it. So oh, where yeah. our tie-in was, like the ascent was just way out in the open. It was yeah, really you're like cool. fifty feet out yeah. from the trunk. Yeah, it yeah. was pretty cool. Yeah, that's always a trip when you're going up a tree like that and. You know, you get up fifty hundred feet and you're just in space. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's why I thought asking Scott the question of what happens to a a person who's never climbed a tree before. Yeah. Um, what do you do? Because yeah. Yeah. I've run into it plenty of times, and he just you know, went through all the processes that. Yeah. You got to just focus them in on the tiniest thing. Um, I had a I had a, a person I was taking climbing one time and. Um, he started having a panic attack right where we had all the tree boats set up for the night and he started kind of freaking out and I was like just all right just look at the trunk like try to minimize the window of view you have and just look at the trunk and he's all man all I see is carpenter ants he's all I'm an exterminator man (laughs) (laughs) I know what those things are doing in there this whole tree's gonna fall over while we're sleeping man Revenge of the Carpenter Ants. <laughs> exactly. He's all, this is it. This is it. They're gonna. They're gonna get me tonight while I'm sleeping. The tree's gonna collapse. Oh, that's funny. It's pretty yeah. good. Man, one thing, one kind of gear-related thing with big trees. How big is the lanyard you use when you're climbing a big tree? Because oh, man, you got to daisy chain that thing. You know, I mean, that's that was one of the when we started climbing big trees. You know, when PTCI started being a thing and it. Like we went from having the the twelve or eighteen foot lanyard to just having a huge lanyard that you just daisy chained and then hung it off your hip and mm-hmm. you know for some of those big trees you'd have like a thirty foot lanyard or something. Right? It just know? acts as like a secondary rope system at that point. It really uh-huh. is, you know, in a lot of ways. But on on some of those big trees, you got to have it. Yeah, there's no branch. You just yeah, that's yeah. That's I've only done a couple, and the one I don't. One Doug Fur I did, I had, you know, my regular lanyard and the climbing system, but then I just had a second system in a backpack for when I needed it. Yeah, it well, like I a, guess if you, if you got a second system in a backpack, yeah, you're good like to a, go. Yeah, it was like a, it was a 100-foot rope, I think. Yeah. yeah more yeah. Prob- more than you need, for sure, but. Yeah, but it would be good to have it all the way. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Why is this ascent so hard?" <laughs> well, I remember one time we uh, we took a group from Lane Community College tree climbing, and um, we we went up to a uh, a really big tree where the where we would sleep up there, and um, but there was an individual who was pretty overweight, so was having a really hard time climbing, and we're like, "We'll get you up there, no problem." So what we did is we put the ID, that Petzl ID that Scott was talking about, on her bridge, mm-hmm. on her. We just took the system right there. So she was climbed, she was tied into that, and then we took her tail, and we took it all the way up to the top of the tree, uh-huh. 200 feet. The world's biggest rad system. Exactly. <laughs> and so then we ran it through a pulley because we had a 600-foot rope, so we had it canopy tied off, uh-huh. went down to her ID, to her harness and that went all the way back up to another pulley at nice. the top of the tree huh. and then it came all the way back down to the ground. So what I did, I climbed to the top of the tree, then got on, I stayed on my main climb line, um, but then I attached my weight to her tail. Yeah. And uh-huh. then just, and then Rob was on the ground pulling me down so that we could get her up. Hoisted up. You know, we got her up about 50 feet. Yeah. And then I got back on my climb line, went all the way back up, and we did that 
we did that four times so that oh, man. we could get her all the way up to the top of the tree. Wow. And so <laughs> I ended up climbing, you know, 400 feet <laughs> so that she could get all the way to the top. But it, it was a, it was an awesome experience to see. I'll bet it blew her mind. Oh yeah. It like, was awesome. It yeah. was so awesome. Huh, that's cool. But just, yeah, accessing the canopy is such a cool opportunity for people. So and cool. I yeah. took my grandma, you know, I think at the time she was probably 78 years old. And um, there's a tree that's by uh, Laurelwood Golf Course that um, is a really nice Oregon white oak on its own, mm-hmm. so, sort of a, amongst a prairie. And, yeah, she climbed up there, hung out, like that's 40 awesome. feet in the canopy. <laughs> yeah. so cool. Like a cool. rope walker system or I did it on Texas style. Okay. Yeah. 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 Just straightforward. And then you can really push on people's backs to get them to push the the sender up and, you know, up they go. Boom. It's awesome. Yeah. Going back to the longer lanyards, what, uh, what length of lanyards do you all use? Like in your daily, daily ride? What's your, I think mine's, it's, I think it's about 22 feet. 22 feet. Yeah. I used to climb with just like a 12 foot lanyard Mm -hmm. and then, honestly think it's when i moved up here so i was in ashland and the trees on average are smaller we do have big trees you know but i would say on average the trees are working on were a lot smaller and i come up here and start working with you guys and it's just big trees all the time Mm -hmm. so it really changed my game and i've started using my lanyard more as a another climbing system than a work positioning yeah 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 (laughs) (laughs) so so then i wanted it a lot longer yeah yeah and the way i manage that length is have you seen those little plastic lanyard manager clips yeah 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 so i have two of those so it makes you know your main loop in front of your adjustment system and then one two three loops behind it and then i daisy chain the the rest of it so it all stays pretty nice and tidy Nice, nice anytime i'm done you know using the full length i'll just take the time to put it all back yeah it all hangs about knee height you know when i'm done pretty sweet not catching yeah. anything i know you you rock the bag i, right? ro- I rock the bag and i uh 25 foot is like the minimum for my yeah uh, oh, nice. lanyard yeah i yeah. i usually i'm more comfortable on like a 30 or 35 foot lanyard i just i like really long lanyards i use them as a again a double a secondary yeah. climbing system sweet on like long long limb walks you can like get out there and you can yeah it's 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 the way that i love to climb. i've been noticing too if i plan it well enough i'll since the lanyard's so long i'll see like okay the next four cuts i'll be able to lanyard in once if if i plan it right and mm-hmm. i'm still positioned well to do all those yeah man you know tied in twice the whole time rather than retying in twice for every cut exactly yeah, yeah. That, yeah. that's that's one of the things i found about it too i've just recently actually started running with a double lanyard. So I've got my, I use the ART positioner for my primary like friction point. And then on the tail end of it, I have another, um, another system. Actually. Oh, on the same, on, on the same, on the row. same lanyard. Yeah. Cool. Give us a jingle. Give us a jingle. I was thinking about bringing a whole nother, like shorter yeah, lanyard system. That, that wouldn't be a bad idea either, but I carry, you know, 30 feet of lanyard. So yeah, I yeah. figured I'd just use that, but yeah, I've just got another, just coiled in the end of my bag there. Just another nice Prusik and uh, uh, fr- uh, Prusik mining pulley and two line or two carabiners, and those just tuck in my bag. And I used it on a job actually last weekend, and it's 
it's a game changer. I'm never going back to just a single lanyard. We anymore. had talked about yeah. it, and then you sent me a picture of it while I was in this black oak that I just like muscled my way up this leader. <laughs> I was like, man, I should have like brought the double lanyard like we were talking about. And then you sent me that picture. Like, great time. <laughs> I could have just used that. <laughs> so what I did the other day is I had, it was this big widespread uh, big leaf maple. And I, uh, so I brought the captain hook with me. Captain hook. Captain hook. And I, captain you know, I probably have a good like 30, 40 feet on the captain hook. I would, you know, throw that out, pull myself over to another section. Because I had it on me, I'd just coil it up and hang it on my belt. I started using it kind of like another, lan- like a positioning lanyard. Yeah. yeah. You know, where I'd be tied in with the other lanyard, I'd still be tied in twice. But then if I needed to pull myself out of the way, I'd just take the captain hook, hook it onto something. <laughs> nice. Like, because I got my unisender on it, so i just tighten oh, it up nice. on the yeah. unisender. And I, you know, I, I started almost rope walking with, out with the captain hook as a, an extra, you know, third point of contact. So I was super yeah. stable. You know, it's not something you'd want to have on all the time because it definitely is another, you know, carrying a whole rope and whatnot. But, yeah. but man, on, for, on those long limb walks those where, big, you've got, wide like, spreading. where you've got a, a limb, like it would be perfect if you could just like tie into the limb that's like 40 feet above you. No, Captain, it, Captain Hook is the best thing it. ever. Man, I've I've been having fun. You know, we we talk about it so much and joke around about it, and but I end up using it more. You know, I'll send you guys pictures of like the Captain Hook set just because we joke about it. But man, when you start using it on the regular, you find spots that you wouldn't think about using it. Yeah, I've but because it. you have it there, you just clip it on and you got another spot. Yeah, can I have a, a tree thinking confession right now? Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. I've never even used oh Captain Hook. Oh. <laughs> That's I, a, I've never I've seen him. Yeah, I've seen a lot of different um, mock-ups of the Captain Hook. You uh-huh. know, like the the bent piece of tubing. Uh-huh. Yeah, you yeah. know. But I've I've actually personally never used a Captain Hook. Yeah, one, I think it's a cool piece of kit for the right right job for the right job, and it and it's, that is every job. Corey's <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing about it is, is you got to have it in your bag ready to go. And I like to have it coiled up, mm-hmm. and I'll have it coiled up and set so that it has a carabiner on it, the unisenders on it, so I don't have to, t- you know, be like, oh, grab a lanyard, grab the captain hook, tie it on, you know. I can just say, hey, Lacey, clip the captain hook on, yeah. and you know, she'll clip it on, and I'll just start using it. So, how do you get it back after you have it set? I mean, you you kind of like get some slack on it, and then you f- like do a forward flip, and it oh, comes buddy, out. Oh, buddy, it's it's got an auto orientation. Oh, you just gotta gotta there. gotta flip it, and yeah. it'll it'll just do what it wants to do, and it'll come back to you. It's great. Okay, I've okay, noticed okay, it'll okay. grab everything you don't want it to. Everything yeah. you don't want <laughs> yeah, it to. Yeah, well. There's an art to the captain hook. Yeah. yeah, and I'm not a master of that art. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, there's, art. there's an art. art. Yeah. <laughs> I bought it originally for a job. We were doing bird habitat in like this old logging stance. We're going nice. up and killing the tops of these trees. So these tall improving firs. Improving the tops. Improving the tops. <laughs> <laughs> Girdling. <laughs> the tops. But uh, yeah, we'd go up one and we did this project, you know, two days on it. And I realized like the captain hook would be sweet because we could traverse between tree and tree instead of like coming all the way down, spiking up the next one. Oh, yeah, sure. So, yeah. That's I bought it just for that and it it was cool. We could it was hit. Worth it. I think we hit. My buddy did like six trees without hitting the ground once. I think the most I did was five without hitting the ground once. Nice. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. So perfect for that, but frustrating at times. Like I said, it grabs everything you don't yeah, want it to, yeah, yeah. and you 
There's a learning curve for sure. It's it's like a throw ball. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah, that's a what, bigger, that, heavier throw ball. Yeah. That's exactly what it sounded like when you started talking about it. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, my so mind went straight to throw ball. You throw it out there, and then you have to twist the rope to get to change oh, the orientation, yeah, sure. and then you hook it. And then when you unhook it, you got to like whip the loop and do it to get it to to loop. drop. Mm-hmm. And then you got to twist it again oh, and, then and and like pull it so that the hook rolls yeah. over. Without, yeah. without hitting, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. So yeah. that's a so pretty crucial part. And then Z eighty seven plus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I also started using it like I I did a silver maple the other day and I I, oh, I brought it up into it. Yeah. Where at first I looked at it and you know before I had that tool I probably would have just set two throw lines. You know, yeah. been like, okay, I'll climb that side of the tree and then I'll come down and, and we'll, we'll climb that side or whatever. But yeah, you know, I was able to just get the captain hook over there and hoist myself over. That's exactly the maple I did, how it worked. You know, I was able to like, you know, cause you can chuck it a ways. You get yeah, that it's, thing. It's got weight to it. Exactly. Oh yeah. yeah. So you, you know, you oh. can send it a ways, hook on <laughs> something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, here we go. He's fired yeah. Up. yeah. Oh yeah. So no. Going to get um, it. <laughs> is it? What's he doesn't have it on him. <laughs> I, I might have to start calling Corey the first yeah, mate. Call him the captain. Hood. Yeah. So what's it? I mean, regulations. What's it rated to? I 18 kilonewtons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's totally, is it, what's the ANSI rating? What's no, the, so it's not, us, it's not to climb on. It's just You're positioning. Not, it's, yeah, okay. it's just positioning. So you need to, it doesn't, it doesn't count for a secondary time. An anchor, yeah. No, it no. just counts for a positioning. Yeah. I mean, it should. It should. It definitely should. <laughs> yeah. I would, I would trust it, but. Well, if you got it around a branch that's about equidistant to how big it is, then why not? I mean, that's what I'm saying, man. It'd so. be stronger than that little teeny screw lock on your chest harness. <laughs> and I trust that with my life, so, you know. Right. Uh, it is 18 kilonewton MBS. Which is, yeah. And it's printed everywhere, not PPE. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know what that's all about. but I'm a big fan of the about... Under 20, 20 feet lanyard. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And then if I need to, I just bring another lanyard that's also short. Yeah. Um, but it really, shout out to Andrew over here. Uh, it's all about the throw ball shot. Oh, yeah. It's all about getting that bomber shot that's the tallest pick in the tree that you know, like, I'm going to be able to access this whole tree with this one shot. Right. And yep. um, that's sort of what I've been what I've been doing. And then using another shot if I need to, if it's a big deciduous tree, but this is a game changer. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Be, you don't have to make I that second shot. I might be a first mate on your Captain <laughs> <Rainbow>. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a pirate, you, but... You just got to hold the thing. <laughs> oh. Look at this you're thing. You're convinced. This is awesome. It won't take long until you're a pirate. Oh, I'll, I, I like... I, I can swim a little. Well, and so... <laughs> <laughs> this this is a key thing right here. The, the splice? The splice, man. I just got a... I got a Is that a just knot. electrical tape splice? Did you... No, <laughs> yeah, no. He just no, tapes no, no. it. <laughs> He's no. priced the yeah, shit. Yeah, out yeah. Of it. <laughs> yeah. It's got some duct tape in there too. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, not just electrical. Not just Are you crazy? <laughs> yeah. So it's it's not life rated, not like safety rated or anything like that. So I just used some seventy five pound uh, test line, um, just like some sewing line, and then I just sewed like the fishing shit. line. Uh, like not, not not fishing line. It's, <laughs> no, it's it's not rated for that. It's just like sewing um, that they gotcha. use for you know uh, big heavy stuff. So uh, I just sewed it a shit ton with that, and then. Wrapped it with electrical tape and duct tape and then electrical tape. So nice. That's what's going on there. Yeah, yeah. that's a pretty slick bag it's got in there. I mean, 
I've definitely found some really awkward bags that don't hold themselves up so well. Yeah, so you can buy it with, I just went my own route and I because I'm cheap and I just tried to piecemeal it together. But you can buy like the full kit with a splice die on it and then like 35 feet of rope in that bag. Same rope or different rope? Uh, different rope. That one's just an HTP uh, static rope. But What's you the rope that comes with it? Serious or something like that? Uh, yeah, it's like a double double braid, I think. Serious yeah. XM? Yeah, Serious yeah. yeah. <laughs> Satellite. Yeah. Nice. Satellite rope. Yeah. Jam out while you're captain. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah a, no. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I just got some old half-inch uh, climb line on mine. Okay. But I'm going to, I think I'm going to get a, a piece of spliced rope, probably 50 feet of it. I know a guy who can hook up with that. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to, uh, Corey's going to set up a, a splicing episode. He's oh, working sweet. on it right now. Working on it right now. Cool. Yeah. I was trying to splice yeah. some blaze the other night. Oh yeah. And it was like used rope. Like, so yeah. I don't know if that's way harder, but I was like killing my hands trying to do that. Like final berry. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. Um, did you, did you do the used spike? Never mind. Save it for the podcast. Okay, save it for the podcast. Yes, yes. Yeah. We'll, we'll, go, we'll get into it. Yeah. I made a ring sling thing. Oh, nice. Hell yeah. But yeah, we'll, we'll save it. Well, <laughs> yeah. well, let's go to the ring sling okay, thing. Yeah. Okay, one one sec. We got to shout out the guy. What's what's it's the guy's name? Derek Martin. Derek Martin. It's Country Boy PA on Instagram. He's a great nice. follow. Who the hell knows if he's ever going to hear this, but Oh, he I mean, he comments on our Instagram stuff. Maybe, well, maybe yeah. he listens. Yeah. Sweet. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm sure we get him on. Yeah. Hey, who knows what the future will hold? <laughs> that being said, shout out for the ring sling thing. That that was one of the things I was thinking about when we were when I was kind of thinking about where we're going with this episode. One of the things is kind of, do you guys have any pieces of kit that you've put together on your own? that you want to talk about on here. Oh, Corey's oh, yeah. nodding yes, and yes, smiling. Yes, I, yes, All right, I what did, you got? got? What did you put together, this buddy? Is, this is my pride and joy right What's now. What's your ring sling thing? This is a, what is it, 3 8 millimeter? Or, th- uh, sorry, 3 8 inch, uh, 10 millimeter, um, 10X that I've spliced into an ultra sling. Oh, nice. And I use this as... Uh, you know, you would use uh, like an endless sling for uh, like a, a foot loop to like stand on a like okay. a really thin crotch. I use this because it's adjustable and it's awesome. And then you can also use it as a redirect. And I just love this thing. Explain the foothold method because I've I've done it and yeah. like people haven't seen that. Okay, yeah. I'd forgotten about. I'd forgotten I had learned it and I started <laughs> doing it again. You know. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 So this beer bottle here climbing a beer tree right now and we're on this really thin limb and I don't have any limbs or anything to hang on to. So I want to make a cut. Like maybe I want to take some weight out of the tip of it, but I have to get up there. Yeah. Take the cap off. (laughs) 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 Gotta take the cap off this beer, beer tree. But you don't have a good place to stand to take the cap off. No, I mean, it's a, it's a glass bottle, man. How are you going to stand on that? (laughs) So you cinch this real tight, right? And then here's where your foot's going to be, right? You step into that, and then you can have a nice little stable position yeah. you're right on the trunk. You're not wearing spurs because, you know, you don't want to spur a live tree. Unless I, you're killing it. Unless you're killing it. Yeah. <laughs> I find it sad that I have to say that, but yeah, there's people out there. And so it's just an ultra sling, but that gives you, like, options for your exactly. foothold. That's exactly. cool because I've definitely stuck my foot in a loopy. And then be like, oh, whoops. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. exactly. Descend a little bit. And well, so you, you kissing your knee. You could use that for like a hoisting a branch or mm-hmm. mid-tying a branch. or. Yep. I am working on doing another. I want to, I've 
Jamie turned me on to the ring sling thing from yeah. uh, what's, what's Derek Martin. Derek Martin. Um, and I want to make another one of these that's dedicated to rigging. And so I'll just carry, because I always I always carry like a rigging sling and then a uh, climbing sling, and I don't oh, really nice. mix the two. So you can have a light, lightweight. I, yep, uh, lightweight rigging one. Rigging exactly. one right on you. That's cool. But yeah, that's my, that's my. Uh, so thing. we're going to need to make some ideas. Because we got a product in the making here. <laughs> oh, no. Um, Tree stuff. Take note here. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we want maybe we'll talk to our buddy Nick and see what uh, what he thinks. <laughs> but th- what I do is I've got this lanyard about yay long. You know, yay. yay. Six. D- depend- six yay is about six. Yeah, it depends on. <laughs> so what it is is I've always measured it where if you clip one end to wherever you want to anchor it on your harness and the other end you can hook a pole saw onto and it hangs low enough so that pole saw blade isn't cutting at your boots at all. So it's a critical, pole saw length. Critical length, by the way. Critical length. Yeah, yeah. Distance needs to be longer than your boots. Grits, grits knows exactly, oh, yeah. you know, we've oh, yeah. been rocking these for years, oh, yeah. right? So what I do is I, I got my pole saw lanyard here, you know, and what I've been doing recently is just butterf- uh, daisy chaining it when it's when I'm not using it. So it just doesn't take up much space on the harness. And then you have a redirect. And, okay, so what I do is I put one end with the pulley carabiner here and then a pear-shaped on the other end. And so that when you put the pulse on this end and when you're coming down, the pulse just slides right out and lays down on the ground just perfect. And you can just clip it right around the throat, essentially, of the... Exactly. Because I've done that exact move with a pulse saw, and I just clipped it right into my belt, and you bomb out of the tree, and you're... Yeah, it's yeah that, really that's awkward. no good. you got to have right, the pair... Right the pulse saw head. Yep, yep. You know, right on your ass right cheeks. On, yep, yep. Right it's on the ass cheeks. It's, it's not a good scene. No. no. Or a good look. Or a good look, no. <laughs> and then I'm you... a professional, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> And then you got this end for the redirect, or you could use it, you know, you could clip two ends and you could have the boot loop. But what I, I've been thinking about this, because I've been thinking about the splicing episode we have coming up. Spricing. Spricing. And putting an, an infinity sling in here also. That would make it so cool. Might just bring it to another level of adjustable. Mm-hmm. And so we're on to something here. Well, and if you made it out of, like, am steel or something super strong, then it, it would yeah. be really lightweight. Yeah. So, and so I was thinking about different ideas we could improve it. And like, if you, cause you can see, I've, I've been using this one for years and it doesn't have any pole saw marks on it or whatnot, but theoretically there is a pole saw blade hanging over here and it is a little bit roughed I mean, up I there. A little bit of wear. Let's be real yeah. here. Yeah. But I mean, this is years <laughs> old, right? That thing's all messed up. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all g- taped up. <laughs> you, can, you can climb on this shit. Okay. Come on y'all. But I wonder if there's something you could put. Whether you could sew uh, some uh, tubing onto it, well, or something to kind of protect it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. The the uh, the cobra, you know, the cobra support system. Exactly. The cobra yeah. sheath for the standard size fits over the ropes really nicely. So something yeah. like that. I was thinking if we did some sheathing for about this yeah. much on this side, and then infinity sling on yeah. this side, so you could oh, adjust it there. That is, that's money. I'm just evolving this It'd thing here. Sweet. It'd be sweet. And yeah. then, okay, you didn't even mention the best part of that application right there is the zip line. Oh, yeah. You got a, the, you, you got, got an instant zip line. You got, like, you got one yeah. branch. You're like, I got this sweet branch. I could zip line out right now. I got one huge branch. You got the pulley si- on this side. Roller, so you, you got an instant fly. zip line. Oh, it works Pull great. It tight. This will yep. fly right over yep. the top of that chimney. No problem. <laughs> yep. Do you have one on your harness, too? Um, yeah, I have a. 
I actually took the same, that thin, like 5,000 pound cordage, the really thin stuff. Um, so I actually just have the same setup, um, but I just keep it in a pouch now. Nice. So uh, I've actually been trying to, avoid that's so cool. Cause like how long ago did I show this to you? I don't know, probably seven or eight years ago. If, yeah, if not more, right? And then, so he's evolved it in his way. Right. I used to, and I prob- when I showed it to you, it probably was with Beeline. Uh, yeah, it was probably with Beeline. But, I mean, the same the same roller. The, the, the same idea. The just roller with, like, either a, and I've actually changed it to, like, a steel carabiner. Okay. So then yeah. I know it's just even more bomber, so I can feel able to rig it off of something yeah um but it's still a big pear-shaped steel carabiner like that dmm yeah the big one yeah yeah and Um, then the other great thing is when you when you have a big branch that you know you can hold it it's not so heavy that you can't hold it but it's too awkward to grab totally you wrap this around clip it on and then you can hold this and if it's so big that you're worried that you might drop it or there's a greenhouse so there's no you just can't drop it, then you clip it to your harness Boom. and you hold it. So you cut it and then you just unclip it yep. and toss it down. Mm. Yeah, so yeah. what yeah. I've done with this same style is taking the the five thousand oh, yeah. pound um I can't remember the name of this cordage right now. I think it's Samson um Dyneema. It's some kind of Dyneema, but it's super strong. And I've just taken the a wrap on it, so it's two pieces. So it's basically 10,000-pound braking strength. Mm-hmm. And it's so light and tiny that I can just coil it up around the carabiner it's on and just put it in a little pouch. Awesome. Oh, that's Those new tribe pouches that they have, are they've got a zipper on them. You can just put them in there. And oh, it's nice. Just, huh. It's nothing. So we could, we could all, you could almost make an infinity sling by just tying loops out in of the, yeah. in those stuff. two Dyneema yeah. stuff, yeah. and then we could just put some tubing on the other end to protect it from pulsar or wear. It's, I mean, it's the mo- like you can take a you can take it and run it your run your fingers down it, and it'll just stand upright, huh. like this high, just <laughs> holding it like this. Because the tensile strength is so strong on it, yeah. that wow. it just you can't even burn it. Like you cut it with a you cut it with a knife, and then you try to burn the ends. And the core doesn't even burn. Huh. The, what you have to do is you have to pull the sheath down, cut the inner dyneema out of it, uh-huh. and then pull it the sheath out and melt it down to that point. And that's oh, the only way to uh-huh. make it worthwhile. I kind of want some of that. It's yeah. super awesome. So we, we need to kind of develop this. We need to do some uh, figure out different cordage. Yeah. We'll try splicing some. We'll try tying some knots. I think we should develop this into... The, the tree thinking lanyard yeah. loop or whatever we call yeah, it. Yeah. Well, cool. it's, it, you know, it's so nice. It's like having an extra person up there with you. you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, it really oh, is. Man, here we are. <laughs> you can even talk to it. <laughs> like, hey, buddy, can you hold on to that for me? <laughs> I sure can. Sweet. <laughs> I sure can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, redirects, false crotches. <coughs> it's just right there for you. Cool. And then I even have the tiny little, um, it's actually funny because we went back to a job several years later and there was a uh, Jason Seppa had left a strap and a pulley in the tree and it was an old CMI mini pulley. Yeah, Seppa. <laughs> the purple one. Yeah, the purple one. <laughs> yeah. That are rated for like 6,000 pounds, but they're tiny. Yeah, they're awesome. Um, and it was just up in the tree for who knows how long. 
And Seppa left. He just <laughs> left it up so there, funny. and I climbed up the tree and got it. And I was like, oh, well, this is definitely mine now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so screw it's you, Seppa. The, it's, the perfect, it's the perfect utility pulley because you can put it on midline, no problem. And it's just as strong as, you know, that sort of midline pulley system that it's not adding a bunch of weight to your harness, but it's just that key piece of equipment that you need when yeah, you yeah. pinch. Yeah. 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 So what all do you carry on your harness? Obviously your strap thing. Yep. Like what else? So I ca- I carry that and I, I put that on the middle ring on the back of my harness and it's just daisy chain. So it takes up almost no space hanging off there. And then I'll carry uh, like a micro pulley on a carabiner with a strap so that I just have, a, you know, a lower down if I need it. Um, and then I'll, I'll carry, I usually try to keep uh, ideally a steel, but sometimes another, you know, some kind of uh, extra rigging carabiner or two, just cause you never know when you're going to need a carabiner. Um, and then, you know, your handsaw and then I carry a, a chainsaw lanyard for whatever reason. I just always have my chainsaw lanyard on my harness. Yeah, I do that. I, I don't carry it on the side. I keep it on my harness cause you never know Me when, too. um, and that's, that's the bare bones. Um, a lot of times when I'm climbing, I'll usually have some ascenders hanging off there. Cause I just ascended up the tree. I'll have my, you know, footlock ascenders cause I'll ascend up on with my rope runner or my ro- whatever system I'm using. And then I'll just hang the senders off while I'm climbing around the tree. If I'm on single rope, mm-hmm. um, you know, if I, if I go up and then I switch over to double rope, I'll usually send the ascenders down just so I don't carry them around. But if I'm on single rope, you know, in case you have to run back up, I keep those around. Um, and usually that's about, you know, if, if I'm in a big broad spreading tree, as of recently, I've been carrying the, uh, uh, the captain's hook, you know, it's, it's a little extra weight, but I've, I've really, I was kind of slow to start carrying it around because of how much extra weight you you're bringing, but I find I'm using it enough so that I'm just going to start, I won't bring it up with me, but as soon as I use it the first time, then I'll just keep it with me. Yeah. Um, I, I, th- I think keeping it simple is keeping it within reason is a good idea because, you know, there's that inevitable time where you're like, I got to go through that tiny little spot in the tree mm-hmm. and I got to wedge all the stuff I have on my belt through that tiny little spot. And you're like flipping your little, you're flipping your saw through there. You're flipping your hand yeah, saw yeah. through there yep. yeah. and you're wedging yourself through there and. Yeah, just bringing the the most equipment possible without being annoying is that fine balance of just using arborist vision that's important. Yeah, that's yeah. so why I think it's fun to just nerd out and dial in what you carry on your saddle. You totally. Know? I, yeah. I got the same stuff all the time, and it's it gets me through most everything I need. Yeah, well, keeping it in a pouch like I uh, that's been a relatively new development that I've used is yeah. a pouch. Like a zippered, a zippered pouch or a tethered pouch that's not more than, you know, much bigger than a koozie, really. Uh-huh. Um, but you can fit some really critical gear yeah. inside that little pouch and just have it ready yeah. at your with, with your hand. It's not like getting stuck in a crotch of a tree that's 10 feet away from you. Right. Or it's just dangling or it's on the ground. And you're going to be like, hey, can you figure out how to tie that on to me? Yeah, yep. um, yeah. I started carrying one, and what I keep in there is uh, loopies, webbing slings, and then a friction hitch, 
and my cell phone ride in there too. But I hated having <laughs> loopies dangling. Yeah, and I tried tying dangling. them up in different ways, but when you go to deploy them, it's kind of annoying. Versus this, I just reach in that pouch and just pull right. pull out a loopy. I think I'm going to start carrying a pouch. I've been, I've been, you know, Corey's always got a pouch, so I watch him do it all the time. I got multiple pouches. Yeah, <laughs> pouches. For my pouches. That zippered one sounds cool. Yeah, yeah. The new, the new tribe ones. Um, I've got an older style one that's more. That's just like an open, it's more like a chalk bag for like yeah. rock climbing, yep. which is okay for rec climbing. Awesome for rec climbing. You can like tether stuff onto this, but I use this for working and it just filled with junk yeah, all yeah. the time. It yeah. gets stuck. But the, the ones that have zippers are a little bit tighter and they're more shaped like a, they're like tubular. Mm-hmm. And so you can zip them closed. They don't get hooked on stuff, but just having everything tight is so much more efficient. Yeah. Yeah. I need to start experimenting with different yeah, ones. And there's so many lightweight webbings and um yeah. The the strength of rope now is so insane that you can just have you know instantly if you double something up you got 10,000 pounds breaking strength. That's insane. Yeah. That's like yeah. having half inch braided line right there and yep. that's just weighs nothing. Yeah. yeah. I used to have those blue bi- the big blue Buckingham bags. They're yeah. not big, but, you yeah. know. But they're I, big. They're like, yeah. yeah. They're, like they're the pretty big for food. carrying on your heart. I used to carry one of those just on the steel ring on it. Uh-huh. And it would always get caught in stuff. Yeah. But now they have the the pouches that, you know, I, I shouldn't say now. They've had them forever. But pouches that hug so tight. I just need to uh, start using those. Give it a shot. Alternatively, you can just carry everything. Yeah, Corey. I am a maximalist. Yeah, and that was your introduction to me. So I, I started on <laughs> working with you. And I was like, I was about to do my gear order. You know, I got on with the municipality with you guys, and they're like, you know, we got to put your gear order together. So I was like, Corey, can I see your setup just so I know, like, I'm not being too crazy with what I'm asking for, you know? And you're like, well, I'm a maximalist. Let me show you my hardest setup. Maximalist. Maximalist, yeah. I, I, uh, Captain Hook maximalist. Captain Hook maximalist. I, I don't actually carry that Captain Hook with me. I, I do the Andrew thing. I, I send up for it, and then I'll just carry it with me for the rest of it. But I have literally everything. Oh, fucking. Your, your kilt. Oh, yeah, my kilt. So this is, this is a new. You kilt on there, too? I, I've got a kilt on here. My wife calls it a skirt. It's a kilt. <laughs> it's a well, I got a purse, so it's fine. Okay, yeah, it's, it's great. So I carry my saw. I don't like the saw dangling. I no. I, I carry it. It's on a the bad sc- look. It's a bad look. It's and not it's, professional. It's, it's not. It's not neat. It's not tidy. Yeah. So I've got a little mini saw here. So what we're talking about is. So let's say this is my saw hook right here. I don't like it like that. I like it like that. Okay. Yeah, I'll switch it up. Yep. Yeah. Because sometimes you go through a crotch, or you're just yeah. like the. You know, the bar's hitting on stuff. It's kind of annoying, so I'll switch it up. But Def- definitely. How but do you I do attach like it to that? Like that. So I have a 200T, and I've just got a little carabiner right here that I've oh, just nice. cinched in. Oh, you've just attached it to I, the I've wrap been, on the, I've attached on the it to bar the saw and it's, or on the power head. Yep, and it's not. Uh, it's short enough that it won't interfere with the bar at all. Like, I, you can't <coughs> make it hit the bar. But um, the carabiner on the wrap is a fixed position? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Yep, it's just cinched down there. I nice. took some paracord and just cinched it down there. This is my original saw was stolen, and so this is a new iteration of it. I'm still like dialing it in, yeah. But um, yeah, no, we're we're getting there. But yeah, just a uh, cinch down there, and then I've got the obviously the lanyard on the back of it, and that's that uh, constantly rides on there. I, I use the CMI uh, shem beaner 
not a huge. I got the smaller one. I'm not a huge fan of it. I think I'm gonna switch over to more of like a uh, Rock Exotica, whatever that one's called. Well, you so like the one I got. Yeah, like the one you have. So I've I've liked that. It it has the locking gate on it. Yeah, yeah. I before I always took just a, a, a mini carabiner and I just broke the gate off and hooked it onto my harness mm-hmm. and I always loved that. And uh, for whatever reason, I just you know switched it up. I guess just trying something new. Like that one. I go back and forth. This, this is the this is the old. Where is it? Yeah. My old style. It's the old school one. Yeah. You know, I went to the, you know any of your home improvement brass uh, <laughs> brass clip. The best Home Depot has to offer. And then um, welded or you know angle grinded off the clip. But this you know this is a short little hook, yeah. not a Captain Hook. No, <laughs> but those short hooks are nice because nice. they don't catch on stuff. And when you're using it on regular, you well, know exactly where it is. And you get that you get that uh, uh, muscle memory of the flip of your wrist, just tink, yep. and then you're the either either the ring or the carabiner will hook onto that hook. Right. Yeah. But since I have I have uh, upgraded to the Petzl, or no, it's the DMM, um, the vault, the vault, one of these, guys. and I actually just took off the whole. I took off that whole locking mechanism. Oh yeah, because that mechanism, because the hook is so high, um, I just took it off. And because I always take a, I have a double locking carabiner that I attach to the saw. Mm-hmm. When I need to attach it firmly to my harness, I just clip it to my uh, hip D ring. Gotcha, gotcha. And oh. then it acts as a vault, so it can't fall out. Yeah. yeah but most of the time, it's just on there as that big hook, and it can't come off. Gotcha. That's pretty slick. Yeah, that's one of the things. That's why I bought the shim beater, because I, w- I was thinking the same thing. Like, you can just, sh- uh, like, hook it on there. I got the smaller one, because I thought, you know, lower profile, so it's not going to be catching anything. I wish I would have gotten the bigger one, because it has a bigger opening, and then you could just do the whole hook it onto the thing. But I think I'm going to go with uh, the um, transporter, right? The Rock Exotica transporter. I, yeah, maybe what, what, I, whatever, I don't know. Whatever that is. <laughs> you, wait, so what's the one you have there? That's the vault. Uh, so this is the vault. It's the locking okay, gate. Okay, the transporter is the other one. It's yeah. the yeah. yeah rock exotic yeah. one. And I've I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, you know I think I might go to something. I almost uh, I've almost taken the gate off of it because well, I I want just something that well, I can go on and off nice b- and easy. B- before you do that, I'll buy you a twenty dollars shembeaner and I'll charge you for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I use a large pencil caro tool. Yeah. You know. Gate's not on here because they always break and fall off, but I found that that's <laughs> just fine because yeah, it's so easy concept. to go on and off, and I could hang, you know, the saw so many different ways on there without, you know, adding a carabiner to the bar or anything, the or to the to the wrap. That'll sit on there. Oh, the or chain like, break even. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Any, if I'm in a pinch, I just throw it back there. And it'll <laughs> yeah, it'll hook. Yeah. It's kind of like yeah, Batman's yeah. grappling hook. You just throw it; it catches every time. Where is my yeah. hook? Yeah. <laughs> but like uh, where the the throttle is, like the handle, you can hang it on there. Yep. And that way, it's it's sideways, like you like it, but the bar is going across your back, so it's not like yep. catching on stuff, like hanging out the side of your hip, you know. That's that's pretty slow. Yeah. So my other setup at work, you know, I when you took off, I stole, <laughs> you, uh, what is it called, a, sh- a shim hook? You said the uh, care tool. Care tool. So the carry, I took off the the care tool off your harness and I put it on mine, and the wire part just broke off. 
And my first thought is like, this is the perfect saw hook. Yeah. So I, I, I didn't switch it over immediately because I got to unscrew the rock exotica. But that's the plan is to switch them nice. over. And yeah. I think I'm going to do that for my private. I was actually thinking I'm going to move so I'll have two rock exoticas on one side. Because I, you know, I get a little, I, I start stacking so much because I have a rock exotica on either side of my harness for my uh, side job one. And on one side, it's for my saw. The other side, I, I put, you know, just, I leave it empty. I'll have on the back of my harness, I'll have the, my, uh, my pole saw lanyard and I'll have my extra carabiners and my pulley. And then I'll leave that empty. And that way I'll put, you know, just gear as I'm using it. I got a spot to put it. I do the exact same thing. It's loaded by the end of the class. It's always loaded. So I'm going to put two on there so that I have two to always add to. And then I'll have just a hook on the pole saw side or on the chainsaw side. Clever. Yep. Well, and even just taking those like really big, uh, really big carabiners. And um, that was a benefit of having the uh, tree motion. Yeah. Is that the, I don't even, it's not leather, but like whatever the attachment is, there was like little eyelets that Mm -hmm. you could thread a huge carabiner on there. Yep. Right through. And then you basically have, one of those uh, vaults or yeah. whatever have you on there, just ready to go. Just for because the difference a third between the having like a, a the difference really is having something that clicks onto your harness than having to click something onto your harness. Right, right. Just taking something and pushing it onto you, which is already a fixed position, than to opening it with your fingers and clicking it to yourself and making sure that there's yeah. a massive difference. Yeah. That if you haven't tried it, then tried out because being able to just push it towards you and down it's on and you don't have to worry about it yeah and, and, and that's why stuff always ends up stacked on my other totally because yep. it's just ready to go and you have loops but I built, some yeah. of the loops don't even get used okay. because you're like oh i gotta i'd rather just click it right here i could well, yeah I could that's what i use those loops motion. for totally. for like the extra you know the extra carabiners totally. the stuff i know i'm gonna carry every time i put them on those loops for that reason, because yeah. at first I put them on that thing, and it's like, nope, it, yeah. it gets full too fast. Yeah. Um, I think, can we talk about for just a minute the uh, the first aid kits that yes. are yeah. on yes. there? Because yes. there's something that gets uh, glossed over or not appreciated, but, you know, people listening right now, it's safety's definitely cool, and we're all proponents of it, and I think it's a good opportunity to talk about what's, inside the first aid kits that are on people's harnesses yeah this one's just a bandage you know and yeah. at the city we, we carried tourniquets yeah it's it's on my shopping list that i gotta have that on I, my. On i need my, to get uh, one for yeah, my saddle again yeah yep just a simple yeah i'm gonna open this up but what's in it right now because i think a lot of people out there that might be listening were like uh it's a you know it's kind of an extra purchase i could buy this other piece of equipment but you know, we all know that it's important, and what's what's in it? Like, what's what's the selling point for it? So this is, what we have here is an Israeli bandage, is what they're called. And nice. it's just a compression bandage. It's a series of, looks like ace bandages with a, um, like a little butterfly thing going on. And that butterfly thing allows you to kind of tension. It's like, yeah. a, like a smaller version of a tourniquet. Yeah. So, so the difference is... Uh, with the because we do all these trainings at the city and one of the trainings is how to bandage and everything Mm -hmm. 
So what you do is you put the, you know, you pack the wound and then you put that bandage around it and you turn it and that applies pressure and it holds the packing into the wound. Mm -hmm. So that's the idea with those, but that, which is the same concept as a tourniquet, but it won't do the job of a tourniquet with a tourniquet. You want to put it right on the point where you're going to cut off the blood flow and you turn it until you're screaming in pain. Like they, they say that it is the most painful part of the injury is putting the tourniquet yeah. on damn near. Yeah. I'd rather walk the plank of the captain hook. Than <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, i I heard a story about a guy that was climbing in a tree and he, you know, one hand in the saw cuts himself. Classic. Yep. Classic. And what, what ends up happening is it's squirting blood. I mean, he cuts himself good. He's like spraying blood everywhere. So he grabs it and he holds it. Well, now he can't use the hand that's cut because he's injured it too severe. And he can't use the other hand because it's stopping the bleeding. As soon as it start, lets go, it just starts, you know, like, I'm going to pass out of blood loss in a matter of seconds. Like arterial. Yeah, arterial. So he's stuck in the tree because he's holding it and he can't use this hand. So you got to have that tourniquet so you can stop the blood flow. And then you can get yourself down. Yeah, you're not you're not going to if you're up in the tree, unless you're like the biggest badass ever, you're not gonna cinch it down so that you're gonna stop the bleeding on yourself, right? But you can get it to a point where you're not you know, squirting blood twenty feet into mm-hmm. the air. Yeah. And you can still use a, a prusik and get yourself down to the ground and you know, hopefully by that point your grounds person is Yeah, I mean that's the ultimate goal is like if hopefully if you if in the event that you injure yourself that you can do a self rescue Mm -hmm. but that's why i feel like it was a good opportunity to talk about what's in there what's realistic i mean are you going to be able to reach around i mean most people wear their uh first aid kit right on their pelvis like back pelvis bone Mm -hmm. can you can you actually reach there with one hand and grab it can you get it out of there can you rip it open with your teeth and apply it one-handed. It's just a good. Yeah. It's just a good. It's a logic. good thing to think yeah. about, yeah. and it's a good thing to practice. It too. is. Yeah. And one of the things. So one of the things we took away from that class. I like it. Is actually setting up oh, your yeah. tourniquet so that it is on a quick deploy system. So I've got mine set up so that if I can get it out of here. But look, you're on the ground. It's not on your back. <laughs> I know, I know, and I know. I'm not criticizing no, no, you. No, no. But you know, uh, this is why I'm I'm digging this so much right now. Right. Is because. I've never practiced this. Me no. neither. You know, and I consider I myself well trained yeah. in in first aid and aerial rescue yeah. for these yeah. things. Yeah. But it should be on the front of my harness, I'm realizing, mm-hmm. and it should be quick deploy set up, and I should have done it, you know, multiple times so that I can do it in my sleep. Well, and that none be, of that stuff has happened. No. Yeah, I mean, I if it could be somewhere on your chest harness even, like if it's not <coughs> Oh, awkward, that's yeah, that's You know, then it's like, oh, it's it's literally right here cuz what happens when you get into an emergency situation is that all this training, all these things you talk about are instantly gone. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, holy shit, this is a serious situation. What am I going to Where do? the hell is my thing that I need yeah, to if do your to turn save kit's like in your you know, line of sight almost, you know, on I mean, your yeah. could, chest. It's, that's it's a good exploring. idea. Yeah, I might yeah. play around. You know, there's, one on there's there. attachments. There's loops up there. Yeah. Well, and, you know, it might be smart. Because a lot of times we'll wear the same jacket when we're climbing, or the, you know what I mean. It might be smart to just have it. You know, you you always have your phone in a pocket. You know, instead of having it velcroed to your 
just have a tourniquet like when you're on the job just with your wallet you know just in your in a pocket you know yeah. on you all the time whatever whatever the whatever you feel is comfortable or a good spot for it just know that wherever it is that's where it's going to need to be and just practicing okay boom i can get this out right-handed left-handed yeah i'm upside down i'm right side up just pull it out and just try it out. One of the other good things about having it on your person is it's always there if you get injured. So it's not necessarily maybe you who's putting it on, but you like your groundsman gets you down to the ground. So you're on a lowerable system. You unclip your lanyard. Groundsman gets you down. They can start administering first aid without running back to the truck and getting the first aid kit. Totally. Yeah. If it's just right there. That's, That's critical time. Critical time. Yep. Exactly. So maybe you can't like do a self-rescue or maybe you can't put it on yourself, but just the fact that you're on the ground and it's right there ready for you to yeah, go. Yeah, to say, "Hey, I cut myself. I have a I have the I have the necessary equipment on me. Just I'm coming down as fast as I can. Yep. Just get ready to help put me a, out here. Put a mattress there down for me. Yeah. Put yeah. Some, <laughs> deploy put the some, parachute. Yeah, put some wood <laughs> chips down and I'm going to be hanging out on the ground for a minute until EMS shows up. It's <laughs> well, critical yeah. moments. But yeah, here's the here's the quick uh, deployment method on the tourniquet. So if you do a little tab there, that'll allow you to not have to. So, and right. you do that tab by folding the end of yep. the Velcro strap over on itself, right? So here's, so that's the full tourniquet, right? You wrap this around. And it doesn't get, it doesn't come set up with that tab. No. You got to twist in it on your elbow. This just shows you if this you don't have that tab, how how, how no. critical those it can be. Yeah, and so this you, is see, so look, I'm I'm fumbling around trying to put this on, try to feed that through while you're bleeding out. But if you have a tab right there, this one's a little bit longer, but that's just for demonstration. So you've got a tab right there. Pull that, you cinch down, close it up, and then you can start cinching on the truck. All right, really crank on it, Corey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Wondery> screen. scream. <laughs> Safe words, Captain Hook. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Hook, Captain Hook. Arr. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, no, that's a that's a good point. I think uh, too often, and this is for me as well, the first aid kit is just on the back of my harness. Yep. When it needs to be ready to deploy, mm -hmm. uh, good to go. Yeah, I was just thinking about that the other day. I got to put a tourniquet on the tourniquet. shopping list. Yeah, and make sure you yeah. get the um. It's like cat, right? Cat. Yep. Yeah. You can get them. C A T. C A T. Yep. Combat application tourniquet. Yeah. I know yeah. how to spell cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's actually actually with a K. <laughs> it is C A T, not K A T, right? Yes. It yeah. Is. If you want to look <laughs> yeah. it up, it's like combat. Combat application tourniquet. Yeah, yeah. Developed, <laughs> developed by the military, and you can get them on. And what was. Stop the bleed was the stop, organization. Stop the bleed uh, was the training. It's a federal training. Yeah, that they've been pushing for to um, you know defend people against active Man, shooters. If you own a company and you could look into stop the bleed and get them to come do a training with you, it was it was awesome. It was one of the best like safety trainings, like most practical thing. Yeah, I had been through. You know, for like a traumatic wound. Um, like a chainsaw cut in a yeah. tree. Yeah, it's it's perfect yeah. for our industry. And it really covers something that we don't often think about, yeah. right? Because we do aerial rescue, and you're kind of role-playing this scenario. But 
you're not thinking about packing wounds. Mm-mm. You're not no. thinking about putting tourniquets on, but that might be the most, just as important. Yep. I never as heard any of other packing part. wounds before. Yeah. Stop yeah. the bleed, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. No, neither. Not, you know. Yeah. So. Let's yeah. Great training. Great training. Yeah. Definitely. Stop the bleed. Uh, it's a federal program. Um, get on it if you can. Um, and they recommended cat tourniquets, right? They recommend. Yeah. 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 Don't don't get the off-brand ones that you find on eBay or whatever. Yeah. Combat application. <laughs> yeah, it's just a belt. Yeah, it's just a belt. Yeah. <laughs> well, and just doing the, doing the whatever you can, whatever whatever extent you can to do any kind of training with your crew, whether it's like get you and one other grips. person, um, is just going to be really important for in that case scenario. We don't want to plan for it, but we just it's good to keep it top of mind. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And just having that having that exit plan, making it easier, even just knowing where you are because where every tree is in a different spot. So just knowing what's my address, yep. who's, who do I know to call is all really good stuff. Yeah, definitely. I think I feel a aerial rescue, like safety episode. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. We're, we're definitely, uh, I've definitely been thinking about that. Um, what, what's some other safety gear that you have on your belt? Like besides oh, besides I, your, go ahead. Oh, I got a great one. Yeah. Um, okay, so it's July, and you're doing a big conifer removal, and uh, you've been working all day morning. It's cool out, and all of a sudden you take the top out, and you're up at the top of the oh, big yeah. hole. Yeah. <laughs> and it's you know two thirty in the afternoon, about to be the hottest part of the day, and you're up there fully exposed. Um, yeah. One thing that really was a game changer for me was getting a mini uh, camelback or knockoff brand yes. of the same yeah. thing, just a hydration backpack. Yep. Um, you know, having it on my, on my back, it's not even a p- attached to my harness, but just being able to have 60 ounces of water yep. with some of those little like cliff bar or, um, those little gel packs, yeah, like the ones electrolytes, yeah, the, like the marathon runners. The use. Mar- yeah, the marathon ones. I mean, they make them in caffeine, non-caffeine. Mm-hmm. The caffeine ones, I've taken them, and I get just like so torqued that it's not. <laughs> you know, I don't, I'm not a big fan of them, but just the ones that are just straight electrolytes, just straight sugar. Yeah, um, I've you know had I've gotten into the mentality of like, all right, I'm taking this huge. I've taken a top out. I'm at the top of this huge pole. I'm about ready to chunk down and you just eat one of those little nice electrolyte gummies. And then I'll just, you know, I got my Senna on and I'll put on some sweet tunes and just put the hose in my mouth and just suck down like 60 ounces of water. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you're so dehydrated at that point. And then you're just getting fully blasted. It's like hydration is the other key component to tree care that yeah. gets yeah. overlooked constantly. It's funny. The company I learned with, it was pretty normal. They all rocked camelbacks mm-hmm. doing groundwork, everything yeah. dude. And I did it and it's awesome. I don't know when I lost it, why I lost it, but man, I need to get one again well, and just use it. Cause I'm always like, ah, I'm so thirsty, but it's way over at the truck. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's why you got to get the ones that, the, the hydration packs that are small enough, like the 40 to 60 ounce ones that only hold water, they don't hold all your knickknacks yeah, and yeah. your camera and your, your map and your, yeah. your whatever. Right. Uh-huh. But it's just like if it only holds water and it's a backpack, it's so light that it doesn't really affect your balance at all. Because that was my biggest 
hinder was like, oh, it might throw me off balance wise. But if I can have something that I can just chug water, if I can suck down 60 ounces of water in like a half an hour, that's going to be beneficial to me guaranteed. Oh, so. yeah. Pretty crucial. Or just sipping on it all day, you know. Yeah, it's or just on the flip side yeah, of it, yeah. yeah, just sipping down, sucking a little bit of water at a time. Like being outside, just being exposed to UV light for that amount of time, you're guaranteed going to get dehydrated. Yeah. So I think it's a, another really good opportunity to talk about hydration is key because – Hydration is key. Yeah. I mean, enough, enough set. Okay. Same situation. You're up in the tree all day. It's July. You blow the top out. Boom. You're in the sun. Having some sunscreen on you. Totally. It sounds basic, man. But today was one of those early sunny days in the year. Yeah. We're at the, yeah, I know. But it was, you know, and we were working on the street. So it's reflecting on us all day. I got in the truck to head back to the shop. And I was just like, instantly was like, oh man, I got sun today. Yeah. You know, got to have that sunscreen with you. And if you're in the tree all day, they have those little travel side sunscreens with a little carabiner on them. You could clip that onto your harness and be good to go. I mean, I'm not saying you got to, you know, it might be for more of the maximal uh, type of climber, but it's not a bad idea. Well, Well, let's be honest here. I mean, most of us wear a lot of gear. I mean, I wear pants. Saw pants most of the year and a long sleeve shirt more times in the summertime than I do in the wintertime. I wear t-shirts in December, January, February more often than I do throughout the hottest times <laughs> of the year just for UV protection. Mm-hmm. So really just what you're talking about with sunscreen is just like a tiny bit of dabs right on your eyelids, like right yeah. below your, on your, the upper part of your cheeks. And your, and, all, yeah. and your nose. Oh, and your nose. With oh, my yeah. big beak, man, I need a lot of my just, nose. Just, yeah, you know, just a little bit of little bit of love to the face, you know. Yeah. Yeah. We're not I've, trying to look too wrinkly. I've heard a story of a surfer who he would never apply sunscreen to the – he would apply sunscreen to every other part of his body, but he wouldn't apply it to the tops of his feet. And that's oh, where man. he got skin cancer, and that's what killed him. That's what killed him? That's what killed him. Wow. Yep, skin cancer on the tops of his feet because he wasn't he – Not wasn't, a great white? Yeah, just yeah. not a great white. No, it was, it was the – Big C, big C kill them. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's just, there's so many different things that, there's so many variables with tree care, and that's why we all love it, clearly. There's just endless possibilities. There's so many different avenues, and there's so many different pieces of equipment, and, but that's also part of its demise, is that you have to constantly be recognizing all of these different avenues that can, make things harder for you but if you're have an open mind about it then you can be willing to change your stubborn ways and make it make safety cool yeah yeah that's why it's cool to like nerd out on your gear and really dial in totally. the things you need every day totally like this conversation's important because now i'm like oh, i gotta get a camel back and, and a tourniquet and, again. Don't, <laughs> and don't let anybody tell you that it's not cool to talk about gear or safety just yeah. oh it's as a disclaimer to talk about yeah. gear. Yeah, i mean don't let and anybody safety. say like oh well i don't care about that i mean it's one thing to get lost in it but accept it and, and acknowledge that that person really cares about what they're talking about yeah and just you know say hey that's that's awesome like yeah we're, we're doing the right thing. And we're, Sim- we're, safety is cool. Yeah, simplicity definitely has its place. And it's it's great if you can make it work with minimal gear. Like, 
that's awesome. That's that's you should build from that basis, but you should build from that basis. Don't get stuck there. That's, yeah, that's the way it should be. Yeah. yeah, I've evolved from carrying nothing on my harness to you know I got quite a bit of gear, but I think it's like an efficient amount of gear. I'm not I'm not Corey over here. Hey, hey, <laughs> mine, mine's efficient too. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. Well, and yeah. you're. I, I really like your setup, what you got going on. Maximalist. Yeah. I think what it also goes to is taking the time to understand what you're doing and take off what you don't need and add what you do need and kind of customizing what gear you have to the job you have ahead of you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if if you're uh gonna have this big crazy rigging thing bring those extra uh, bring those extra slings bring that extra gear you need if if you know you're only going to go up and get one branch and you're not going to then just take what you need and don't add a whole lot because you know a little bit of weight goes a long way but you never know you might need it all so just take (laughs) take it with you yeah (laughs) I, i think it really opens up this wherewithal of becoming comfortable with yourself as a climber and what you need and each tree is its own tree and respecting that and knowing before you even climb the tree once you get your shot you're like okay you walk up to the tree and you're like all right there's the perfect shot for that tree you nail it and then you get all set up and you're like okay these are the things that i absolutely need for this tree nothing less nothing more and being comfortable with your decisions on what you need yeah, and yeah. being okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. And just knowing that maybe you won't need that giant Omni block yeah. or you won't need that extra five straps. You know, there's so many, I mean, it took, it took a long time for me to realize like what was necessary or when do I need to bring a su- chainsaw with me or what can I get away with? Yeah. Because it's hard, you know, if you if you look at it like on how much you exert yourself with calorie intake on to get yourself up there with all this extra gear. Uh-huh. If you can get up there with just like the right amount of gear with the right amount of calorie intake, then boom, you're blasting through that job and you're having a great time. And the ground gurus is like, man, this guy oh, has yeah. it all dialed in. Yeah, if I can climb without a saw, a chainsaw, I'm gonna do it. Right? You know, yeah. Yeah. no pole saw, I'm saw. gonna do it. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, and just knowing that and being comfortable with that and just executing that plan before you even put on your foot ascender, yeah, is yep. critical. Yeah, yeah. I always say like one, two, th- two big things make a great climber. There's more to it, but like being good at throw ball (laughs) and and route planning. So that goes into your thing of like planning what you're going to do in the tree, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Well, and those are related. You got to know where you're going to hit that throw ball shot to plan the right route. Yeah. totally. And just, it's really a good opportunity when you have younger climbers that are really eager, like so amped on this, the gear, the industry, the saws, Mm -hmm. the trucks, just everything about the, the, the whole job. Yeah. And then you have them and you're like, hey, what is your plan up there? Yeah. What are you going to yep. do? And they're just like, uh, I, I'm just going to go up there. And you're like, no, what are you actually going to do? What are the what are the cuts you're going to make? Yeah. How are you going to get it to the ground? How are you going to position yourself comfortably to make those cuts? And what's the process of your whole climb? Yeah. And it totally flips them into this mentality of like, 
okay, this is a systematic procedure that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like the third thing that make a great climber. And you said it to me one day. It was just kind of an offhand thing, but it stuck with me, was being able to make the decisions up in the canopy. Yeah. So like hitting your shot, great shot, planning your route and making those decisions. Like you're going to get through that tree pretty quick and safe. Totally. Yeah. Well, you see a lot of climbers go up and, you know, they'll hit the shot. They'll climb up there, you know, woo, climbing trees. Yep. You know, they'll get to the spot and then they're like, all right, what now? Yeah. Okay. Which way do I go? What do you know? And if you haven't figured out that route through the tree, then you go to whatever's closest or whatever catches your attention first. And that might not be the most efficient thing to do first. Yeah, you might get bad rope angles. and Or yeah. it might be more efficient to go up, get this part on the way up, and then come down and get that part. Yeah. Yeah. You so know. bring it back to the beginning when I was in that tree with Becca, you know, in tree training, I was explaining to her to look at a tree in columns. That's kind of how I work a tree, especially with SRT now where you can go up and down super easy. When I was taught how to prune it was usually you start at the top of the tree and you work your way down kind yeah. of thing but right. with srt i think it's kind of changed so you see the the tree in different columns say i got like four columns in this tree that's going to give me great rope angles for each part of the tree the first one is usually on the way up there's plenty of work you can do on the way up then you get up there you see your next column you know next column yep. next column yeah yep. well that that's funny because i feel like the best opportunity is just to climb up to the top because the way that you per, like the way that you are looking at the tree from an underside view uh-huh. is completely different from flipping that from like looking down. Yeah, totally. And yeah. totally. As, and, at, and having a crew member that's competent and confident on the ground. Yep. That's important. Competent oh, yeah. and competent yep. Yep. Uh-huh. on the ground that says, Hey, what does it look like from your perspective? Because my perspective from the tree is this. Yep. What is your perspective from this? So Dude, you have that is need. such a big and thing. That's a huge thing is to trust in your ground person to go to the top of the tree, check out your pick because that's the beauty and the, the demise of the throw ball is because you walk up to a tree with your throw ball and you're like, I'm a hot shot. I'm going to fucking blast that thing up to the top of the tree. No problem. Yeah. 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 Big shot. Just throw it up on your own. But I'm going to get a shot to that tree that's 90 feet, and you don't even consider what's anything in between all that. Yeah, yeah. And yep. knowing that you have somebody on the ground that knows their stuff that can be able to see everything that you're climbing around you to say, hey, you need to make those cuts on the way up because it's going to make it more efficient, but making it so that you're working together yeah. in, a, well, and in a way that makes it better for the whole climb that's such a big deal because so many people have egos and they don't want to hear about it from the ground crew but that's something i've always tried to do is ask the guy on the ground hey what what am i missing because from my perspective in the tree like you're saying is 100 percent different from the perspective on the ground and i might be getting everything i see or detailing it out in a way that looks good from in the tree but the client's not looking at it from the tree huh. you know the client's looking at it from the ground you know, so you, you always have to, like, you, man, on hitting it on the head, you got to have that good relationship with the ground crew to be able to understand. And it's funny because, you you know, I've been up in the tree so many times, been like, hey, how's it look up here? And people good. are like, why are you? Looks good. Yeah, and they're trying to make you happy because yeah. you're the climber and they're, you know, they're trying to please you so that you can, you know, and it's like, no, I, I'm not, you know, we're working together as a team. Totally. You know, and so 
Yeah, that's such a well, big it's, deal. It's kind of a weird trust exercise because somebody who's brand new to the crew, you can be like, hey, man, or hey, person, like, <laughs> yeah. what does this look like to you? And they're like, uh, I'm not very trained. And I'll just say, I don't really care. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, what does it look like to you? Yeah, you know if a stick is sticking yeah, out of place you know, here. Yeah. You, know. you know instinctually, like, whether or not something looks out of balance. And just, you know, surrendering yourself to that mentality of, like, trusting that person yeah. it, it, is, a, is a disconnect that I think the industry that could strive for. Yeah. Yep. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna cut this off though because I'm actually working on an episode about oh, nice, workflow. Nice, nice. Oh, okay. we could do right. ground operations too. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, ground operations is another outline that yeah. I'm working on right now also. And and we are so far off on a tangent, and this is freaking gold. <laughs> and save it for the podcast, man. Save it for the podcast. We'll do this another time. And we're already at two hours and sixteen minutes into this one. Sweet. Yeah, and it it feels like it's gone by yeah, in about by fifteen minutes, man. Yeah, this exactly. has been a great one. But uh, I'm gonna reel us back in and just say, what other, uh, what other gear related stuff do we have, or are we ready for tips and tricks? Um, I think uh, two things that I would bring up that you should carry with you every time. Yeah, and you touched on this before. Okay, so is this tips and tricks? Yeah. yeah. All right, so tips we're in and tips and tricks. Uh, figure eight. Always carry a figure eight or a backup. Yeah system that you can lower yourself out of the tree with and that, that's something i forgot to tell jamie i always got my piranha on me always got your piranha, piranha or figure eight piranha yeah. or figure eight and one thing that i carry with me in the tree and i've never used it yet and there is some contention on this it's used in rope access but it's not used in tree care is a knife and i always have a knife with me one of the totally. spathe um if if there's a situation where I feel like I need to cut a rope, I'm going to cut a rope. Like I'm not I'm not going to think about it. I'm just going to cut that rope. If if it's like lives hanging in the line, I'm going to cut that rope. Yeah, I usually have a chainsaw. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 I'll just fire up the 200 T. I'm going to cut my prosecutor. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, those are those are my two two tips and tricks. Nice stuff that yeah. I always carry with me. Yeah, I don't carry a figure eight. Well, it's more about just having another way to get out yeah. of the tree. I, yeah, I, yeah, I have a, a I have a prusik and you know you can moon through. Yeah. Yeah. You can moon through down in an emergency. Moon yeah. out. And, that, you, and you can use a moon <laughs> <moon-tured laughs> out. That's what it is. And you can also use a carabiner above the prusik, so you can use your system and do like a a rope wrench kind of setup above oh, the yeah, prusik, yeah. and then you can get it. bail out of it yeah. pretty easily if you're on a single rope, and then if you're on double rope, you know. Just cut it. Just cut it. Yeah. <laughs> cut, cut the rope. Coming down. Yeah. Cutting the rope. Yeah, oh. I think, um, yeah, bringing, a, bringing like one extra carabiner, maybe two, preferably like a steel carabiner that's multi-locking is a good idea along the same lines of a figure eight. If you're not going to have a figure eight or some device that you're like, holy shit, I have to get out of this tree right now and I have no other option than just understanding your exit route and taking the time to lower your tail to the ground yeah. and not just flopping it on the, yeah. the yeah. whole canopy below you is very critical seconds of your life that could really help you out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Solid. Um, I would say just... 
take the time to really dial in what you need and what you don't. Yeah. You know? Um, I've seriously, like I said, every like two weeks I'll lay out all my gear and I almost like re go over like, what have I used? What haven't I used? There's usually like a multi-tool. I carry the ART, uh, snake tail, I think is what it is. The snake anchor is the big one. I think it's the snake tail is a small one. Mm-hmm. And it's like a multi-tool for me, you know, redirects, retrievable redirects. It's a friction saver, uh, pulley saver, um, you know, 10 different uses for that thing. I carry another climbing system. I carry a lightweight rigging thing, a couple straps, long lanyard. Um, I've just really thought it out, and it really helps me out. That's about it. <laughs> really yeah. Just, like, think it through. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah. yeah. And this almost feels like we're doing final thoughts while we're doing tips and tricks here. Oh, that's what <laughs> I did. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I'm going to I'm gonna continue on and kind of mix the two. Um <clears throat> For my tips and tricks, I'd say separate your your cutting. You know, I like to have, like, cutting stuff on one side and rigging stuff. So I'll have my chainsaw on one side and my lanyard on the other Good side. Advice. Good advice. You, yeah. know, your, uh, you know, you don't want your ascenders or your extra prusik that you might be climbing on dangling next to your chainsaw. You just don't want to cross that. You know, try to balance it out as much as you can. You know, you don't want one side pulling too hard. And for final thoughts, I would say... Part of what we do is a lot of fun, you know, and is we get to play with the gear. You know, so much of the climbing is kind of experimenting with this and experimenting with that. Obviously, always stay within industry standards for safety. Try your pulsar lanyard. Try your ring sling thing. You know, try these different things because this is how the industry evolves. The industry is made up of us. We are the industry. So if it's going to evolve, it's going to be through us playing with different ideas and figuring stuff out. And with that, I guess everybody stay safe and watch your top knot. <laughs>